Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad podcast. I'm Keegan Preslak. I'm Eric Hoff. And this is a horror podcast where two buddies in the middle of nowhere, somewhere in New Mexico, get together once a month, hopefully. You know, and we've definitely <laughs> missed a month. We definitely did. And you know what I think is funny is like, I feel like you've said that every fucking episode. I think I have. And you know, it's like we have a log line. And I feel like when you first like said <laughs> that, like in the very first episode, yeah, that was just like you bullshitting. Well, I mean, and that's all we're doing is just right. bullshitting. That's this whole fucking podcast. Right. But I like how now it's like, it's a staple now. Well, I think I stole it. I think I stole it from the Slash Film cast. Oh, it's okay. not entirely. I sort of edited it to be like Ghoul Squad, but it's stolen from a podcast called the Slash Film cast. Hello. Oh, I didn't Slash realize we are into piracy now. I don't think that's piracy. I okay. think I think that's uh, learning from your idols. Well. And I hope we, I'm, we're hoping people out there are learning from their idols. Yes. Eric and I, who are, I'm joking, we're fucking losers. Yes. But, but we're here to discuss uh, some horror films with you guys, right? Yes, we are. What is our topic today? Oh, uh, so um, oh, we fucked up. We fucked up big time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we promised Scream. That's right, we did. And uh, and we, you know, we did our damn homework. We and, did. And uh, you know, we each revisited them, but we just we were afraid we might go too long with this episode. Yes. So uh, we we're just going to discuss all the shit that we saw uh, in ho- during uh, October. Yes, and obviously the biggest title being Halloween. Yes. Yeah, um, and the length isn't because we think you guys don't want long length. Uh, it's more so that we're gonna we'll run out of gas. Right. Uh, Eric runs out of gas. I run out of gas, and then we both have dog gas. ready for bed. Yeah, correct. And then Eric goes to bed with gas. Speaking of gas, it's I have a, a story to tell. I hope it's about farting. It is. Okay. Uh, well. Let's just open this show <laughs> why, with this. Why the fuck on me, dog? Okay, so yeah, we're not going to do our our uh, scream ranking. That'll be our next episode, hopefully. Yes. What we're going to do instead is recap all of Halloween, uh, everything we saw. We went to this screening uh, in El Paso with this four-film marathon. We will get to that. Yes, we do. Uh, and then we're really going to talk Halloween big time, 2018, uh, the film. So, But first- uh, I want to hear this farting story, dog. All right. You don't remember it, dog? I, I know it. You're included. You were doing the farting. Was it just the time I farted during the pod and the uh, mic nope. picked it up? Nope. Uh, so okay, we uh, took this road trip to, <laughs> to El Paso, Texas, which is about three hours from where we live. And, uh, you know, of course, we saw the horror movies. It was great. We will speak about that. But, yes. but for whatever reason, Eric decides to, <laughs> on the entire <laughs> fucking ride, okay, the entire ride back from El Paso. It's a three-hour ride. I have a tiny car. You know, I have the car. Uh, it's a clown car, really. Can I stop you real quick? Absolutely not. You know, you you said you don't remember, and you know, just me farting all the time. That's just fucking common. That's just every day. Yeah, that's just every fucking that's day. Every so every no, road that's, trip. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I guess this isn't sticking out to me. But right, please, proceed. Deal. 
So we're we're driving back. It's a three hour drive. We're in my clown car, and this guy, <laughs> my knees are in the dash. That's I'm, right. I'm in. The, I'm in for, the for more reasons seat. than one. Yes. So he's up there and he's sitting right next to me. It's me, Eric, and Dana. Shout out to Dana. He doesn't listen. No, he doesn't. And Eric decides he's gonna fart the entire <laughs> trip. And we even we get stuck at this fucking uh, railroad crossing oh, for like yes. thirty minutes yes. in El Paso, and he's just blowing in the wind. <laughs> So uh, I thought yeah. I would tell that story that that was our our trip a couple weeks ago. Well, Eric you know, just literally opening the floodgates and it's just f- flapping. We'll get to this, but uh, Key wasn't too happy with uh, the this marathon we attended. I wouldn't put it quite that way, but sure, yeah. So so it sounds like between that and me just busting <laughs> ass the entire time, you had a terrible time. You slept on the pullout. I didn't but, sleep on the pullout. Didn't I didn't pull out, but I did sleep on the pullout. But we didn't have to... Uh, Pay for the hotel, so that's tight. We didn't. Dana, shout out to Dana. He doesn't listen. Nope. So anyways, that's my story about yep. farting. Um, before we get to all our bullshit, let's talk our bullshit, which is, Eric, how are you? Hello. Uh, how you been the last month and a half? Uh, you know, nothing new, but I'm currently hyped because as of tonight, I'm off for the next four fucking days. So what are you going to do? Are you going to go nuts? Uh, no. Probably all I, I, I want to do is skate. A, that's true. All I do is uh, want to skate. Um but no, you know, between the weather and I fucking hurt my ankle last week. And that's been getting easy down. Oh, it's fucking awful. But uh, you have Red Dead, right? You could just play Red Dead. That's the plan. Okay. And you finished Spider-Man. Not that it's a horror game. But God damn, it was so good. It was good. Yeah. I need to get a PS4. That is a uh, someday. Keegan, how are you doing? Oh, thank you so much for asking, Eric. I know you do ask me that every episode. Yeah. I'm doing well. You didn't even have to nudge me this time. You I didn't. didn't have to. Okay. How is Keegan doing? I didn't have to nudge you. Forget that uh, I'm here. Yes. So no, I'm, I'm good. The last month I've, I just feel like we've both been super busy mm-hmm. and the only time that we had together, instead of recording the podcast, we went to fucking El Paso and you farted on the entire yep. trip. You know what? I, you know, I thought it was weird that you weren't usually, you nagged the shit out of me to record. That's true. And it was just so weird not hearing from you. I thought, well, I'm trying not to nag. you dead? Uh, was, I was dead for I a thought, brief time. It was when I was having to smell your fucking farts. <laughs> uh, I died of inhalation of uh, hellacious yeah. farts from You know what's funny is you're not the first person to complain about road trips <laughs> and my farts. I'm not yeah. complaining. I thought it'd be funny to tell on the pod, you know? Sure. It's just a good Eric story. Uh, no, I've been good. I just feel like we've been so busy and yeah. Halloween, like I saw Halloween three times okay. and then we, I had to see Bohemian Rhapsody and blah, 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 blah. I just feel like we've been busy. But... Uh, Nothing new at all in my life at all. Same. Which is, uh, I guess, good. Maybe not. Mm, I don't 50, know. 50 50. So uh, now that we've got that out of the way, I've got some pleasantries. Okay. Before we get to the the topics, the what we've been watchings and the um, let's Shit. all go to the lobby bumper, one thing did happen to me. Okay, lay it on me. So one thing did happen to me over the last month, and this is I went to a pumpkin patch. Yes. And Tell us about that pumpkin patch. So uh, go to this pumpkin patch. Right, I'm all excited. You know, uh, we go out there uh, to buy I, a pumpkin. Well, I was going to, but they were like twelve dollars, and That's I feel crazy. like they're cheaper at Walmart. Yeah, you get so. one for three fucking dollars. So instead, I took a picture and looked spooky. You know, the whole thing. Okay, right. So we did that, but at this pumpkin patch, uh, shout out to the Balzano Pumpkin Patch Ranch. Okay, uh, they had a black uh, goat out there, and he looked like Black Phillip. So I said hi to him. Never been. Okay, and that's the story. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, what happened there was amazing. Uh, there's this goddamn pumpkin chucking freaking uh, slingshot. Slingshot. Thank you. And, you know, I get on this slingshot thinking, oh, it's going to be great. You know, I'm going to put a 
a little pumpkin in here. They were mini pumpkins. You're driving along. You're just I'm going, driving along. What the fuck are you shooting the pumpkins at? Is there targets out there? Uh, it's just a wide open space, and they smash on the ground. It was great. Uh, okay, great. It was fantastic. But, of course, the time I step up to do it, uh-huh. uh, instead, what happens is... Is there uh, a large crowd? Yeah, it was, well, it was kids, children. Right. You know, watching. Usually. Yeah, watching, of course. Okay. So I pull the, the fucking slingshot that I'm going to slingshot this little pumpkin like a million miles. Do you have to pay hour. for this. Or is uh, it just like, come on and shoot our balls? I think you, uh, my little sister picked up the pumpkins and then brought a basket to us. They okay. were on the ground. So she brought them to us. Well, I pull this thing all the way back. And of course, though it doesn't release the pumpkin forward, it comes back and releases directly onto my uh, left leg. So it gets tangled and, and it heads towards you. That's right. So I got a pumpkin launched directly at my leg, probably 100 miles an hour. I don't know. And it hurt so fucking bad. And it, my leg has been... You're still bruised. Oh, I'm still bruised. Uh, my leg has been swollen for literally a month because we went to a fucking pumpkin patch. <laughs> so the things I do for horror uh, and for spooky things... Uh, but yeah, and if you want to see that, go look at the picture of Eric and I at the Alamo Draft House. I'm wearing shorts. You can see that horrible bruise. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it'd be fun to tell a story because it was pumpkin related. So, sure. There you go. I fucked my sure, leg up because I'm an idiot. And, I've never been uh, hit by a pumpkin. Well, we should go to the Balzano pumpkin patch next and year. Maybe and I can, uh, uh, rectify that, that, huh? Yeah. We should take a video of it. And we can also pray to uh, Black Phillip. Sounds like we got a deal. I think that's it for our pleasantries, but I do have a couple pleasantries that aren't ours. Okay. Let's lay them on. So number one, I forgot to shout out last week. We have a new listener last uh, week, last uh, oh my month. God. I'm sorry, Eric. We're weekly now. Uh Oh, anyways, we, we need to shout out log X lady. Okay. She's on Instagram. She yes. shouted us out and we forgot to on our last episode. So hello log lady, which is, I'm sure a reference to twin peaks. Uh, so hello. Uh, also film fed, uh, he suggested that we do a top five horror franchises list. Oh, great idea, Chris. We should really do that, Mr. Chris uh, Lentz. Uh, so thank you for that suggestion. We'll put that on our um, to-do list. We should legit do that. That's not a bad idea. I'm all for it. Um, so thank you, uh, Chris. Uh, also, uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know how to say their name. So you guys tell us. If you listen, hit us up. Uh, after Horror Podcast? After? Ah, uh? uh, A-A-H. I think it's ah. Maybe like a stream. Like ah. That's, I believe, what they're getting at. Okay. Okay. Um, which they're awesome. Their podcast is super good. They commented on our podcast and said that they, in part, were wanted to start their podcast because they had heard ours. Now, I'm not taking credit for their podcast. I'm saying we played it maybe at 1% part. Minuscule. Um, but that's what they said. Thank you, guys. So go check them out. Ah. A-A-H. F-T-E-R horror podcast. I checked them out. They're really tight. So um, cool. Shout out to them. And then uh, let's see. I think that... Oh, I got one more. Lay it on me. And this one is a screamer. Let's hear it. Okay. Uh, the wizard... The, no. Let me try again. Okay. The Willard of Oz. Have you smelled the farts I've been farting yet since you've been in here? <sighs> Not Kiki, yet. Kiki brought a hot and ready over. I did bring a hot and ready And over. it's already hitting E-Duck. Yes. Okay. So uh, the Willard of Oz... Uh, her name is Danny. She started listening to us and she said, started listening to at ghoul squad FM this morning. And these dudes are fucking funny. So there you go. Hello. Willard of Oz. Danny. Well, I hope you like fart humor. Danny, Cause <laughs> oh, that's all you're Christ. getting. Yeah. This has been our train wreck so far. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Danny. Mm-hmm. We really do appreciate you listening. Um, I do have one more story to tell and I forgot and is I apologize or pumpkins. I w- you know, it's kind of about both. Okay. Um, excited to hear. I it. apologize for front loading the show with my bullshit. But uh, real quick, lay it on me. My brother 
tells me, so there's this app. It's called HQ, right? You've probably heard of it. It's a trivia app. And what it is is 400,000 people to a million people get on the app every day at the same time. It's usually 12 o'clock and 7 p.m. our time. Uh, and it's a quiz show. And everybody plays it once. They ask 12 questions. If you get all 12 right, you win money. And they divvy up like $5,000 between the winners. So, if, But, you know, usually there's a lot of winners. So uh, I'll get to what my brother won. But he won, and I'll tell you why he won. He never won a game of HQ in his life, but it was horror movie trivia night mm. on HQ. So he tells me, he says, you need to download HQ tonight because it's horror movie trivia. I said, well, let's fucking do it. Pick them up. Pick them up. So what were some of the questions? Okay, so some of the questions were... I were think they it was in obvious shit. Or some of like them some were deep obvious. Cuts? Some of them were obvious, but there were some deep cuts. Like for okay, instance, one on. of them was, "What film had an Oscar-winning actor in it, or something like that?" And one of the choices uh, was Critters Three, and that's Leo, Leonardo oh, okay. DiCaprio's in Critters Three. So we're sitting there. It's him and his wife, uh, uh, Sabra. Hello, Sabra. And I'm like, "It's fucking Critters Three. Like, I, I know the goddamn answer. Uh, another one was which film does uh, Jason get his mask, I think it was, okay. or something like that. And I was like, well, it's part three. Um, there was another one about the ring. Uh, I'm blanking on the rest. Mm. But uh, anyways, I won it for him. Nice. So that was cool. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Oh, one of them was Psycho. Which film on this list did the director consider a comedy? And Psycho was on there. And we had just talked about like a couple days before on Eli Roth's history of horror. Yes. Um, which I, I had heard this before, but uh, I'm assuming that's probably where they got this question from. Had to be like, maybe it's in the zeitgeist. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, it's psycho. This is a horrible section, but yeah, it was awesome. Uh, the reason it was awesome was my brother, he knows some about horror, but I basically just me being there. He won, he won like a dollar 50. But so you guys got all 12 uh, questions We got correct. all 12 right. Oh, nice. Because it was horror movie trivia. And it was just funny because I'm like, wow, if they did this every night, I'd fucking clean up. That sounds, uh, that'd be great. That'd be fun. Yeah. So there you go. It was a horrible story. Is uh, there is there like an app for like just that period? Just like, horror movie trivia? Yeah. Because, you know, we, we were talking about how there's that new trivia pursuit. Yes. And we thought it'd be fun, you know, like just to like randomly like draw a card. For uh, for just like a quick segment on the pod where we could just try to you know stump each other with a question. If anyone out there, if you're aware of this, wants to get us a Christmas gift for the Ghoul Squad, uh, that that Trivial Pursuit uh, Horror Edition, that Trivia Pursuit Horror Edition, Trivia Pursuit. Uh, the reason we want it is because what we're gonna do with it is like Eric said, we got to get it done. I think because we should. Eric came up with this great idea that we would have a segment where it's like oh, trivia. All my ideas are good trivia. Damn, you already got a little jingle for trivia. that, too. Tri- Ghoul Squad trivia. You just got all these goddamn jingles, da. All right, da, I'm done. I got I got to stop talking at some point. Uh, <laughs> you you want to get to what we've been watching? You want to get to the goddamn let's meat get, of the business? Let's get to the business of the meat. Because meat's meat and it's good to eat. Man's got to eat. Oh, fuck. Well, you would have failed that Texas 2 question. And on that note, it's time for what we've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. 
The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hello and welcome to the Ghost Squad. <laughs> <laughs> on the Ghost Squad podcast, and today we're going to talk about some horror movies. <clears throat> and I'll keep that in by saying, hello, Eric. Hello. Uh, we're going to talk what first? Uh, I guess Keegan wants to talk about the new Halloween. I hate you. Because he's most excited about that. So we're going to discuss David Gordon Green's. Yes. Uh, Danny McBride's magnum opus. He died last year. I'm kidding. Um, oh, we're going to talk Arizona. Great. Yes. Raising Arizona, the yes. Coen Brothers film. No, but seriously, we're going to talk about what every fucking horror film film fan i assume has already seen or just fucking regular people at this point it's nuts right. yeah because it's making so much goddamn money uh the new halloween yes where do we start i've been thinking about this you know we okay. saw it a month ago that's correct and where the fuck do we start well i think it's obvious we both liked it yes right how much did you like it did it meet your expectations did it fail someplace um i think it uh so i fucking love you know the new halloween okay um, I think there's pieces of it. There's just moments of it that I wish were handier, handled a little bit differently. Okay. But ultimately, you know, you know how many of these fucking sequels that we like that are like not as good as this. Sure. So I feel like, you know, we might hold it to a little higher standard that we shouldn't because it's really fucking good. I feel like if we just compared them to, uh, the other sequels in this franchise, yeah. well, then it's the best thing in the fucking world. Yeah. I, I think that's what I'm trying to get at is like, I think my expectations were a little too high. Okay. But with that out of the way, yeah, it's, it's my favorite horror movie of the year so far. And I love it. You say something. What, what, what do you think? Uh, I want to um, hear your, your overall okay. look on Halloween 2018. Uh, well, I'm right there with you. Right. Uh, with it being my favorite so far uh, of this year. Um, you know, it, it didn't initially click with me. The first time. Okay. You know, I project what I guess I want to see onto a film whenever I first watch it. But then when I finally do see it and come to terms with it, it's like, oh, okay, well, let me watch this shit again. And it definitely worked with me uh, um, much better on a second time. And even not just like knowing what was going to happen, but there was just like moments that I just like didn't fucking catch. And it was nice to finally fucking realize what was going on. Specifically, and let's talk this. Okay. The fucking doctor. Yeah. I didn't know what the fuck was going on with him the first time. Like, he's the most controversial aspect, right, of the whole thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what the fuck was going on with that guy. Yeah. I feel like the whole third act, and maybe we're just going to talk the fuck out of it. The whole third act of Halloween 2018 has weird. How about weirdness? Uh, and, and I don't know if but it's... But not like kooky good weird. No, no, it's no, no. It's like, no. why did you think why this was is a good this? direction to yeah. go into? Right. And one of those things is, gosh, are we going to talk spoilers or are we not? God, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Ghoul Squad listeners, I don't know what to do here. I think we should do spoilers. Fuck it, City. let's do spoilers. And I'll tell you why. Yes. If you're a horror fan out there, you saw Halloween 2018. And if you didn't, skip ahead. We're going to talk Halloween spoilers at the beginning of the podcast. This has never happened before. We've never done this. this is a, we're, we're fucking breaking history. And right we're here. doing it for Halloween because yep. it's fucking Halloween. Okay. So there's weird stuff like with, with um, Dr. Sartain. Okay. Yes. That's what his name is. You know, he like, there's this weird, and it's not just the plot points. There's this weird part where like, He's like, 
Allison, keep your eyes open because he might be out there. And then, like, she's like, I see him. He's right there. And she, like, points at Mike. And then it's like, I'm going to fucking hit him. And the cop runs Michael Myers over. Yes. And it's the Michael Myers. I thought, oh, it's Ben Tramer or somebody like that. Right. It's the Michael Myers. Runs him over. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay. And then that whole exchange happens that if you're listening to this, you know exactly what happens, which is like he puts the mask on and he kills the fucking cop. Cop. And I, I feel like it's overthinking it a little much. Like, what are we doing? Like, let me tell you why I'm for it and against it. Okay. So it just, we need like that Loomis aspect a little bit. So, I mean, I feel like Sartain and Loomis couldn't be more different. I think that's the point. Um, you know, Loomis wants uh, Michael either incarcerated for the rest of his life yeah. or he wants him fucking dead, right? Whereas Sartain wants to study him. Yeah. He wants to see him out. In the wild. In the wild, right. And so, like, that was one thing that initially confused me was, like, the bus crash. Sartain caused it, right? As far as I can tell, yeah. I mean, that's what I feel like, uh, you know, I gather. Yeah. And um, so, for example... Um, the part you've just you're talking about uh, the cop hits Mike Sartain literally picks up Mike puts him in the backseat of the car that they're in he's got a fucking but he, broken but he, arm and he also like puts the the mask on that, that was cool for one second on the first viewing because it was like what's happening I just think it's weird. Yeah. I, I don't really understand. And it's not because... Could it just be his obsessiveness with Mike? It is. And I'm not... Again, I understand what's happening. I just don't really get why... It they just felt that. overcomplicated. And it felt like it was just trying to get Allison and Mike to... Be together? Well, no. To try to get them out to uh, Lori's house. But I almost feel like, screenwriting-wise, you could have just put... Lori's house closer to town. So that's, well, it just, it, it almost feels like a whole, do you get what I'm saying? Like the whole purpose of this whole thing is to get them out into the middle of nowhere to her house. Sure. So that's why I was going to say I was okay with it because they've stripped Michael. Yeah. You know, which is kind of confusing because, you know, in the first, in the very first fucking Halloween, he's the fucking boogeyman. Right? Yeah. But now in this one, he's just a guy, right? Well, and I think that was something I thought was interesting about this film was like he, I, I've never felt like Michael was a a guy. I ne- I've never in any of the films. Do you feel like felt that like he in was this one? And that's what I'm getting at. Okay, I've never felt like he was a person in any of the films. And in this film, I really I don't know why I felt like it was a guy in a mask and not the boogeyman. And again. I'm not saying that's awful. I'm saying I had conflicted emotions because I was like, well, he kind of just feels like a guy in a mask sure. fucking people up. Uh, and I kind of like the more force of nature stuff, which I feel like they, yes. they touch on with him just like fucking people up, mm-hmm. which is amazing. But then, I don't know. Maybe it's because we see him and he's like bald and old. I, I don't know what did it for me. You know, I was okay with that. I, was super, I thought it was cool. I was super okay with old uh, Mike. So I guess what I'm getting at is I'm okay with the doctor character in the sense that if Michael's just a fucking man, then, then yeah, then we need this character in order to put the actions uh, in motion. Yeah. Whereas if Mike's the fucking boogeyman, we don't need that fucking doctor character. Well, I feel like there's, and, and forgive me for getting technical, I, I feel like there's staging issues with that stuff that happens where like, uh, Allison, keep your eyes open. You never know what evil you're going to see out there. And mm. then 
I see him. There he is. And then it's literally a shot behind Michael just like standing there. Right. And they just run him over. Right. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I just feel like there's a lot of weirdness to that scene. I don't like it. I don't understand why. And again, does it ruin the film? Nope. I love Halloween. It's my favorite movie of the year so far. But I I, I guess because we're horror fans and we right. want to talk it, you know, there's just weirdness with it. And then the whole third act kind of drags on because I feel like they must have reshot it. Uh, Lori looking for Mike in the house. Yeah. That goes on for a real goddamn minute. I like that. Okay. The whole point of this film is to sort of mix roles. So what you have at the end of the film is Lori hunting Mike. Right. And instead of Mike hunting Lori, that was one thing I really, really liked the role reversal, right? Role reversal of these two characters. So I get what they're doing. And I liked that, but I just feel like the, the actual scene the actual filmmaking of her just walking around with a gun right. for an hour and a half. Right. I exactly. agree with you on that. She, yeah, I guess. Okay. You know, I'm not knocking the character. Yeah. But it's definitely you, one thing you complained about when we were just discussing this at, at, at another time was how there's like no stalking in the film. Yeah. Of Mike. There's one shot of him standing at the cemetery in the cemetery. And that's the one stock I think in the whole film. And it's just not quite as exciting seeing Lori doing the stalking. Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, we did get, okay, the best scene in the movie, uh, Michael on the street. Oh God. Halloween night going house S- to house. Yes. That's, Trick or treating. Wow. Amazing. So that's the whole, I mean, really so fucking We'll good. take I, that. I would have taken, I mean, we will take anything just to get that. I would have taken 20 minutes more of that instead yeah, of, of he, course. he just does like two houses. I feel like, but it's fucking awesome. And then, and then it's just like amazing. How it's like this, like one long, yeah, long shot. Time. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, just like technically it was fucking cool, but Mike going house to house to house. Uh, I wish it was that long. Man, that was just the well, best and, fucking and shit David ever. David Gordon Green said what he wanted to illustrate by that scene specifically was that he, he literally said the trick-or-treating of it all, the, the randomness of it all, uh-huh. the trick-or-treating nature of it. Like just he just kills people. Like uh-huh. he's just fucking. But I feel like that kind of conflicts with like him hunting Lori and stuff like that. Like. Is he a force of nature or I, I don't know. I feel like it's Again, muddy. Yeah. Again, and it goes back to the fucking doctor. That's why they need the doctor yeah. to put them together. I mean, he even fucking says that. Yep. Like, no, I uh, agree. Yeah. I'm dry. I've never seen Michael in the wild. So we're going to Lori's house or so, some bullshit. So how about this? Well, I understand the whole finale isn't that great of her walking in the dark around the house. Mm-hmm. Let's take the doctor out. Isn't this like almost perfect? Like almost without the doctor? Yeah. I mean, really? Because, like, we get against, everything we I'm want. I'm not against the doctor. I'm not I against him. I understand that it's, he's rocky. He's rocking yeah. the boat a little. But I, I am not against him. Okay. Let's, I'm going to put that out there. Let's, uh, let's talk more about the best scene in the movie. Okay. Uh, just, yeah, the long shot. You know, there's this fucking... It's all super dynamic. It's super, like, panaglide. And I feel It starts like, with the sting of him running into the kids. Yeah. And, and one of the kids is a cowboy with a uh, jukebox. And that's a reference in Halloween 2. When uh, he walks around, when he, when he, when you remember when Michael walks through the street and he runs into the guy with the jukebox? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that that's, that's like towards the beginning of Halloween too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess we should not drag on, but it's just I'll never forget when that scene happened. I was like, holy fuck, holy fuck, holy fuck, holy fuck, because Mike in the mask on Halloween night, and he just fucks that lady up with a hammer, mm-hmm. picks up the fucking knife and just walks away. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, just killing people. Um, so I loved all of that. I love, uh, the shot when he's like looking into like the next door neighbor's house. That was fucking And you sick. see his reflection 
and you can see like she's like on the phone talking and then I love how the camera stays there. Yeah. He doesn't fucking move. He walks all around the-, the house and I love how you can like see him like on the like far right just like walking into the back. God, it's so good. I, I guess my point about there's not a lot of stalking is I feel like we've gotten to this point where we've raised John Carpenter up to like master legendary status. And even so much as we've made movies with his stalking with the wide frame with it follows. And then they make a new Halloween movie and involve John Carpenter. He is involved. He does the score. And then there's no real use of the long frame or stalking. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple, right? Like the shot of him in the window, I think is reminiscent of like Carpenter stuff. I don't know. I just, I just found that kind of odd. Like the film is kind of pretty modern in its filmmaking. And I feel like they could have added a little bit more, but uh, yeah. What do we think about the kids? Uh, Allison and her friends. I like him a lot. Uh, totally into him. Uh, specifically like the babysitting for stuff. sure. Talk uh, about that. was a lot of fun. Um, drawn a blank on the character's name, but it was fun seeing her like interact with the kid. It was fun seeing Mike in the house and it was fun seeing him be so forceful. Yeah. It wasn't like, I'm just hiding back here. It's like, I'm already here and I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah. I love that. He just, he fucks that babysitter up and drags her by her feet into right. the, into that room. Mm-hmm. That's fucking awesome. Like it's, you know, it's slasher shit. Like, let's go. Right. Um, and I feel like I love that they didn't hold back on any of that. The score. I mean, the score is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's one part in the movie. I think it's the best part of the whole score. It's called Sorry. the shape hunts Allison and, uh, on the soundtrack. And it's fucking amazing. It, it sounds like it follows soundtrack, but that's funny because it follows his aping Carpenter, right? Sure. It's so awesome. And, you know, it's when uh, she sees her friend on the wrought iron fence. Oh, yeah. And then she finally sees Michael and he's just standing there and she just starts screaming and running. But then he doesn't chase her. No, she, uh, she goes just goes to, to house. a neighbor's house. And you know what? That disappoints me that they answer the door just because how in the original yeah. when she goes to a neighbor's house, they don't answer the door. Oh, and then the fucking humor. Yeah. I mean, I, there was moments where I was laughing out loud. You know, I feel like in slashers, me personally, I don't need levity. Yeah. I mean, because like, I'm, I'm enjoying what's happening. I'm enjoying seeing these kids get picked off. Yeah. So it was almost just kind of like a bonus little treat of like, oh, wow, this is also really fucking funny. What do we think about Jamie Lee Curtis in the movie? Still holds it down. Yeah, I think she's amazing in it. Um, and I like that she's like broken. She's not like just some, like I feel like some of the marketing made it look like she was just going to be a badass. I right. like that she's like a broken badass. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she can be a complex character, but also a badass. Uh, I was like super into how like, uh, you know, they explain that she's trained uh, her daughter. Yeah. And I like how that comes into play later of like knowing how to fight. Did you uh, like Judy Greer in the movie? Because yeah. I did. And, yeah, and, okay. absolutely. Because I saw it with, uh, I think it was my brother, Ben, and I think I saw it with Jamie. Hello, shout out Jamie. Uh, and both of them said they didn't like Judy Greer in the movie. I was really? like, what the what, fuck? What was their reasoning? Did I have no idea. One? No, I thought uh, she Jamie was Jamie said he's never liked her before. Okay. No idea what he's saying. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. I'm saying okay. I don't know what he's talking about. Right. Hello, right. Jamie. Hello. Uh, shout out. Um, was he real pissed off that he didn't get to sit with you guys during Bohemian Rhapsody? You don't have to answer that. Keep going. <laughs> Uh, I don't think so. Uh, hello, Jamie. Uh, we love you. Uh, thanks for making our art and uh, helping us with everything. Uh, anyways, yeah. So they said they didn't like her, and I was like, I thought she was great in the film. I I loved I loved I loved everyone. I even loved her fucking husband. Well, I love that the husband just gets fucked up and dies. I love that. I, yes, I because agree. Uh, it kind of it it, it it's made po- him dangerous. Well, it's poetic in the end of the film that the three Strode women are like alone now. 
Like right. they're the, okay. they're their only family left, right? Oh, that's true. And so I liked that. And uh, I kind of just took it as like anything fucking can go right now. Yeah. Not that he's like some big endearing character, but it just kind of seemed fucked up that the yeah. husband dies. Uh, last thing. Okay. Let's talk uh, what if we want and what we want in a sequel. You go first. Oh, man. Well, I feel like we got to go supernatural at this point. I do too. Because um, how else are we going to fucking explain that if they've stripped him of his boogie madness in this one, yeah. what the fuck? How else can he come? How else can he survive that? Right? Do you want to see more Lori? So I do, but I almost just don't. I don't know. Like I that think story should end. I think Halloween. I've talked about this before. I think Halloween is the one franchise out of all of them that has the hardest time moving on from its original characters because Halloween is sure. not a typical slasher film where it's new kids every time. Fuck them up done sure uh final girl that is not what halloween is not what it has been so and it's not what we're, the only one that was like that was resurrection and it's terrible um so go back terrible. to the garage <laughs> so um i kind of don't want it to become that but i don't know i mean you know i heard i think dana said you know just have allison go to college and mike stalker at college and i would like to see that, that but then how does that how does that fuck up like Lori's ending of her story. I think the only thing they can do is really just say she dies. Like, Lori. Uh, Lori. You know, oh, she, gra- we loved grandma. You know, she finally passed or something. You can make it up. And I don't want that to happen because I love Jamie Lee Curtis. Sure. I love Lori Strode. But I almost but feel like if they go that direction, like maybe after the events of this film, they're like pro grandma now. Because, you know, like throughout the film, they're like, ah, we yeah. hate grandma. So maybe she gets to train. Uh, what's what's the granddaughter's name? Allison. Allison. Just so she can be like a badass as well. Yeah, I think that... Okay, I think that's what I want. I want one more of this story that we got and one more with Lori and one more to sort of bridge out of and they can intentionally write the film to bridge out of it. Or... Because we got our Halloween 4 right? 40 years later, right? So I feel like the way to go is like we got it. Now the next... This is like the bridge to like the franchise. I, I feel like I saw people saying uh, Lori was like the new Loomis. I don't feel that. Do you? In, in this could, new film. I No, I don't think so in this film. I, I think it's a great way to go. That's like what I was going to say. Maybe do that. And stuff and then exactly. you, you only have her pop in to be like, he's he's pure evil. Like, we need to go back to Haddonfield or go to the You college. don't know what death is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, death has come to your small town, Sheriff. Or uh, what about uh, maybe somebody around here gave him lessons. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. That would be cool. Yeah, I'd be into that. Uh, I, I mean, I I know I know we want more, but I'm glad I I'm glad I don't have to write it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like as long as we get more Michael Myers, I don't care. But I think you're right. Like he's 60 in this film. Sure. So I think you're right about the supernatural part. But I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a tough task, but I feel like they should do it. Whatever the task is, do it. Yes. Because I just and want more popping soon. Yeah, pop that shit up. Yeah, so I guess we're in agreement that we like it a lot. Love it. We fucking, we think it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's a little bumpy. It's a little shaky, but we can overlook it. I think it's shot extremely well. Uh, two last things. One is the title card. Oh, God. Say something. That's good. Fucking dope. And then also the head smash for say something. Oh. Say something. And fucking Mike just smashes the doctor's head in. Enough of this plot line. Wabam. Fuck off. And his head is just... Stomps on that dude's head. Fucking a watermelon. 
awesome. Uh, it shot really well. Halloween 2018. I love it. Um, did it live up to our expectations? Let's recap on that. You did it live up to your expectations, Eric? Yeah, definitely. I think it did for me. Mm-hmm. I just think that I was a little overhyped, but I loved it. I mean, it, it lived up to about 98% of my expectations. How have uh, your consecutive viewings been? Great. Better. I mean, better than yeah. the first one because I think you're right. The first time I saw it, I was so concerned about what was going to happen. This happens to me a lot. Like Force Awakens, my first watch was like, an, it was amazing. But it really fucked with Shit, me because I didn't know what was that. happening. So then the second time I saw it, I could love it. Same with Last Jedi. Fuck you if you don't like Last Jedi. Um, so same here. I love it. Third time, I liked it even more. You only saw it twice? What's funny is though, I took the whole family the second time. I took my mom. I took my brother. I took my nephew. Mike got us all to the theater together. Mike? Michael Myers. Correct. Bringing families together since 2018. 1978. Correct. And with that, that is our Halloween review full of spoilers. Gold Squad approved. Goal, I mean, no question. Gold Squad approved, yeah, right? Yep. Uh, still my favorite horror movie of the year. I find that interesting because one of the films that you have seen that you will talk, maybe not yet, uh, you saw Suspiria. Yes. Do you want to do that now or do you want to sure. do something else? Fuck it. Do Suspiria. I can talk Suspiria. Okay. It's so a good, I, yeah, it's a good spot to do it. Do okay. it. Okay. So I feel like this was like the, like in addition to Halloween, I mean, this, this had nowhere near the buzz. But I feel like Suspiria 2018 is like um, the companion to Halloween 2018 in terms of like excited hypeness, at least amongst fans. Halloween is like the 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 film that like real horror fans and not so real horror fans sure. know about. Sure, only real horror fans are going to see this fucking Suspiria remake. Okay, yes, that's a fair way to put it. I was so excited to fucking get. I'm worried. Go ahead, Doc. To see this fucking film. Uh, I'll just say, like, right off the fucking bat. I hated it. I like it a lot. Okay. It's fucking long as fuck. Did you fall asleep? I did not fall asleep. Oh, good. No, I was like... Enthralled might be too (laughs) strong of a word. Okay. But I was, like, definitely, like, up in my seat in moments of, like, what's happening. Okay. Okay, so this is what I will say about Suspiria 2018. It is so fucking different from Argento's. Okay. If it had another title and then we learn it's about a girl who moves to another country to attend a dance academy and uh, it's actually a front for an evil coven of witches, I would have just thought, oh, that's what Suspiria is about and then would have forgotten about Suspiria because that's how different uh, this film is. So... I almost don't want you to answer this, but okay. is that the plot? Yes. Still the same. And are there witches? There, yes. Okay, great. 100%. I mean, I, mean I, I'm, I can't wait to see it, but please uh, proceed. Okay. There's, they put so much more, I feel like, so I guess what I'm getting at here, I, I'm not sure how to phrase this, is like, like that's what Argento's is about. Yeah. Right? This new one is about like, they 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 really hang on a metaphor of I guess it's almost like a coming of age tale. How about that? Okay. And I guess what I'm getting at with Suspiria's, nope, it's just about fucking witches. This new one's like, we're gonna underlie a bunch of fucking themes for you to try to distinguish. Okay. So it's like it's, a modern it's, it's, it's in a, a way, it's a modern art house Suspiria. <laughs> That's exactly okay. what it is. Cool. And I guess like for my favorite remakes, like uh Savini's Night of the Living yeah. Dead, uh, Alexander Asia's The Hills Have Eyes, Dawn of the Dead, 
I mean, uh, I, I like that film, but yeah, I just Shit on Dawn of the Dead? no, no, no. I like Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, but I just want to specifically point you know, out Eric's favorite remakes, like you know, Prom Night. I fuck you, Doc. <laughs> um, I just want to specifically point out those two films because I feel like what those two remakes did was like they kept the bulk of what we love of those original yeah. films and then just kind of spice it up, add new stuff. Yeah, yeah. So while it's definitely not a knock that this new Suspiria is so fucking different, I think I would have enjoyed it more had it just been more in line with uh, Suspiria, with, excuse me, with Argento's Suspiria, instead of Luca Guadagnino, I don't know how to pronounce his fucking name, just doing his own fucking thing. <laughs> Not a knock. Aziz. But I, yeah, I, yeah. I just wish it was more, I wish it conformed more to the original. How about that? Okay, well, let me ask you this then. So you wish it conformed more to the original. Correct. But, I mean, is it slow-paced? Like... Because you is. say it's long. It is. It's definitely slow paced. There's like characters in it where I was like, what the fuck are they even doing? Like eventually they do have uh, meaning to the plot and a resolution. But there was like moments where I was like, why are we spending time with this fucking character? How does this compare to another slow uh, film uh, this year, which okay. is Hereditary? How does it compare to that? Because Hereditary, we don't really know what's happening the whole film. We only know the last 10 minutes. Right, so sure. it kind of sounds like you're describing something like Hereditary, which is art house, right? So how is, how does it compare to that? I feel like Hereditary had horror elements early on. No, oh, I'm glad you said that because I want to sure. touch upon that. I feel like Hereditary knew what it was doing in terms of like giving, like leading on the audience as to like what to pick up on. Okay, you know, like you kind of knew the direction Hereditary was gonna. Hereditary is less ambiguous, is kind of what you're saying. Yes. And you think Suspiria 2018 is ambiguous? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So uh, going back to what you said about Hereditary having more horror elements, mm-hmm. um, there was moments in Suspiria 2018 where uh, something creepy would happen. And I'm like, fuck yeah, it's going to start turning up. But then it wouldn't. It would go back to this fucking like old man character uh, going to the police because he's worried about a disappearance of a young woman. Yeah. And it's like, all right. And then it would kind of give a little tease again about something scary happening. And I feel like it was more, with the exception of the climax, it was definitely more not, for lack of a better term, horror stuff going on than there was just like regular stuff going on. Hmm. It kind of sounds like the original Suspiria in a way. And I... Clearly, totally different. I guess my response to that would be, is there... Does it reward you at the end for waiting? It does. And I don't mean in plot. I mean in horror shit. Because yeah. you're saying oh. it's not a lot of horror shit. It rewards you in horror shit. Tenfold. Great. Okay, I'm, in, I don't, I'm fucking in. I yeah. don't care then. The, the climax is like... I saw this in a fucking theater. Okay, good. Because like, holy fuck. my concern with a lot of these, because um, I like, you know, quote unquote, which I know is bullshit, elevated horror or art house horror and stuff. I love all that, but I just, and I'm going to talk about a movie in a minute that I feel like didn't. I just need to be rewarded for my time. Like um, House of the Devil is a great example. I mean, that film's great in other ways as well, For but the ending, you're rewarded. It's like, sure. here's fucking the horror shit. You know right? how it's like. Uh, Innkeepers, here's the horror shit. So yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah, you're you're 100 rewarded in. Cool, I'm in. Can't wait. Yeah, it's. I don't it's, know. I don't know when I'm going to see it though. It's um, definitely liked it. If I had to pick out of Hereditary and Suspiria 2018, it would almost be Hereditary, like without even having to think about it. Damn. Okay. But yeah, that's fucked up. Definitely like Suspiria. All right. What next? 
Uh, do you want to do Dismember the Alamo? Because we talked about it a lot. Let's let's do Dismember the Alamo. Uh, I'll try to explain it, I guess. Okay, let's do so, it. So, uh, Dismember the Alamo. Uh, if you don't have an Alamo draft house near you, uh, I guess they're doing them at all the locations now. Uh, Dismember the Alamo. I almost feel like you should describe it because you're the one that found out about this a couple years ago. Okay. But you just go ahead. You, you describe it. Uh, so, the Alamo draft house is a franchise uh, of theater created by Tim League in Austin, Texas. This was in 1922 when it originated. Um, it's just a, a uh, it's just a cool theater, and they. I didn't mean that. I meant the fucking marathon. Yeah, no, I was just gonna nope. say. Uh, I'm just gonna go. <laughs> uh, they do a bunch of different events, and one of them in yes. October is called Dismember the Alamo, where it's a four movie marathon. Yes, and um, I went one time in 2013, and it was fucking amazing. Right. Um. Maybe you guys know of the, uh, you know him from his website or his book, Horror Movie a Day, Brian Collins. Mm -hmm. uh, he hosted this one I went to in 2013 um, and also picked the titles to be shown. Right. And it was just a fucking blast. We watched uh, Night of the Creeps, Halloween 3, uh, Unknown Origin, and Friday 6. There was a fucking costume contest. Uh, there was trivia. Um ate a bunch of bullshit food and snacks. And it was just, you know, it was like, I feel like that's what we, as fans of the genre, that's what we want. Of course. So flash snacks forward to 2018. Keegan, Dana, and I go. And what happened, Keegan? All right, let's 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 color the whole thing by it okay. was awesome. Yes. And I'm so happy we went. I had fun. We had a blast. The three of us sat there and we got... Uh, Dana got a pizza. I got breakfast tacos in the nice. theater. You know, um, so what we did... I had a chocolate chip milkshake and chocolate right. chip cookies at the same time. Ours was... That sounds about right. Uh, that sounds about right. Let's let's talk about the movies we got. Oh, well, we will, we will. Okay. So we got four movies and we had a blast. It was so much fun, but um, it was interesting. How about that? I'll put it that way. Okay. I'll use that word. Every, anytime, every time somebody tells me it was interesting, I take that as they didn't like it. Yeah. So, no. I mean, okay. I liked... How about this? Let's just get out of the way. Okay. I right loved that the, the, they played the two of the films, and I didn't love that they played the other two. So, where do you okay. want to start? You want to just talk about the movies? Let's talk. All right. So, they talked four movies. Do we want to just reveal them as we talk them? Let's talk them. What was number one, Ooh. Keggy? All right. Number one... We're sitting in a packed... Theater. Theater. Full of normal people. Well, horror fans, but people. Sure. And he says we're about to watch Toby Hooper's. We're about to spend eight hours in this theater. And we're going to watch first Toby Hooper's. Eaten Alive. That's right. And I was pumped. i never fucking seen Eaten Alive. So, this is the first fucking time I've ever seen Eaten Alive. You too, right? Yeah. So okay. I had never seen it. So he goes, Toby Hooper's Eaten Alive. I go, oh shit, that alligator movie. Fuck yeah. Right. So I'm amped. I'm pumped. It starts. I'm like, okay, it's the first in four movies. Hell yeah, let's go. Now, before we go on, every time they announced a title, because, you know, we don't know what we're going to watch. We don't know what we're seeing. Yet. Oh, it's a mystery. We should have said that. It's a yeah. mystery marathon. Correct. I'm just like, okay, well, what's the next title? Me too. You know, I just right away, okay, so you're going to show us Toby Hooper's Eat Alive. Well, what's next? Yeah. But, of course, we had to wait 90 minutes for what's next. What's Eat Alive about now? So, Eating Alive is Toby Hooper's fucking, okay, it's madness, right? So sure. This was his follow-up to TC Something like that. I think. Okay. So Eaten Alive is a film about a guy that basically runs a ho uh, a hotel. A dilapidated hotel. In a swamp. Uh, and he's got it. Yeah. Next, right next door to his hotel is a fucking body of water. Right. And connected to his hotel is a this adjoining body of water. 
And in that body of water, he has a ma- he's a, apparently housing and feeding a massive alligator from like Africa. Correct. I think is what he says. Correct. And so that's pretty much the film. Yep. That's it. This guy's crazy. Um, and I'll just kind of say what the plot is just by easy. Really what it is is he lures people in apparently from what I can tell because there's mm-hmm. really not a plot. Lures people into his hotel and then feeds them to the alligator. Correct. And that's pretty much it. That's eating alive. There were some titties. There was, oh, there's a lot. Yep. There's a young Robert England. Very young Robert England. His name's Buck. And I think the first line of the film is, and I'm raring to fuck. That's right. Yeah. So uh, we loved it. Yeah. You know, I liked it a lot. I did too. You know, it's funny how we described it because it sounds like we're going to say we hate it. Eagle yeah. Live was a blast. No, yeah, no, it's great. It's motherfuckers getting eaten. I was really impressed with the crocodile. Me work. too. Every time the crocodile was on screen, I was like, give me more crocs. He wants more crocodile. Oh, more, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So what the film becomes. This fucking dog gets eaten. It was fucked up. It was fucked up. There's a child. There's child endangerment. Yeah. Um, oh, we didn't talk about that in Halloween. Mike kills a fucking kid. Yeah. So that was tight. Uh, we always talk uh, children in peril on this podcast, so oh, we just yeah. want to promote that. Um, in film, of course. In film. That's right. So, uh, yeah. No violence is bad. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, eaten alive. It's just fucked. Um, like he said, there's a lot of naked women in the film. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of... Okay, so like I kept thinking, God, Toby Hooper's fucked. And then the end happens, mm-hmm. and it's basically... I told you when it ended, I said, really, that could have just been a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Absolutely. Because there's, there's this ending where i think it's marilyn chambers right yeah is running full speed through a house screaming mm-hmm. at the top of her lungs mm-hmm. and there's a guy running behind her she's, with a and with she's a side uh, to a bed yep for like the majority of the film you know she's uh, being held captive like yep. she is in tcm and and our main character is i mean really he could have just been leatherface he doesn't look like leatherface Not he's just all. like an old fucked and, up guy and in addition to his fucking pet crocodile he uses a scythe. That's right. He has a scythe. So basically picture him running through a like a swamp with a scythe. He's fucking just trying to cut people with it. But it culminates in this massive... Everybody fucking screaming. Everyone's screaming at 100. Yes. It's about 20 minutes long of this ending. People are screaming and yelling. People are running. Trying He's, to avoid the crocodile. And I guess we shouldn't spoil... What happens? Okay, we can stop, but it's basically TCM2. Yeah, it really is. And he would later go on to do TCM2. Yeah. It was a great, great follow But as soon as it ended, uh, because there's a... Okay, let's just say there's an explosion of violence at the end. Mm -hmm. And there's just all this screaming and... It's literally... Pretend you're watching the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 or 1. That's what happens at the end of this movie. And uh, it ended and I looked over at you guys and I was like, that was a lot of fucking fun. Mm -hmm. What an awesome movie to have in a marathon. So, Eric. Yes. Eating Alive. Liked it a lot. What would the next film become? So the next film that they announced is Dario Argento's. Yes. The new 4K restoration. That's true. Deep Red. Deep Red. Yes. This is a film I had seen before, but this was another first First watch for uh, Keggy. Yeah. So I had just been lagging behind on Deep Red and maybe for good reason, but... Uh, I will say, as soon as they said, we're going to show Argento's Deep Red. Oh, the way the guy said it, he goes, it's a trip to Italy. And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I was hoping for something Fulcher for sure. Me too. Um, but no, it was Deep Red. And I, I was like, fuck yeah, Deep Red. Hell, Hell yeah. Let's go. Um, an Italian film in a theater. You know, again, Eric and I live in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico. We don't get to see Italian We don't get to see Deep Red in a theater. Any fucking day. So we're pumped as fuck. So that is to set the stage, but the film itself, yeah, it's not, it's not one of his best. Uh, you know, it's really good. It's just really fucking slow to me. It is in a marathon setting where I'm itching to know the next title. 
Uh, Deep Red kind of drags for me. Yeah, I mean, I really like Deep Red until the film drags into obscurity with the main character just like looking for shit in a like abandoned mansion. I feel like he goes to that fucking house like three times looking for shit in that movie. And and it's literally like there's no dialogue. He doesn't find anything half the time. He's literally just looking around. It's like after he leaves, yeah, like a it's piece very of odd. the wall falls and it's like, oh, that's what he was trying to find. It's very odd. But the score, Goblin score. Oh, and it sounded so fucking good. Like every time the score would start, Ba-ding. it's just all fucking Ba-ding. loud. And it was just like, that was the highlight. For sure. Of, of watching Deep Red for me was just like how fucking good Goblin just sounded coming through all those fucking theater speakers. Yep. I totally agree. I think that was definitely the highlight. And the film, like, here's the thing. I am super pumped to have seen it in a theater. I never have to see Deep Red again. I know that much. Right. And that's awesome to me because, you know, I'm a completionist. I hadn't seen Argento's Deep Red. Now I have in the 4K transfer. It sounded great. looked great. I'll probably never watch Deep Red again. Um, that fucking dummy scene, Dad, the first time I saw The that, baby. Terrified me. Yeah, it was awesome. Terrified. It was awesome in a theater. I think people screamed. And I kept waiting for that. I was like, what's that fucking dummy scene happening again? Yeah. I was just like fucking just. It's know. a gorgeous movie too, dude. Yeah. I mean, it looks great. It's just not. Those fuck, those, the shots of when, don't know the character's name, when he's like out on the street. Yeah. And the camera just kind of like pans back and you get to just take it all in. Fuck, it's awesome. I almost kind of wish they would have played the new Suspiria restoration. Like that would have been dope. Wow. Even though I've seen it like four times in the last couple of years, that would have been amazing. Sure. Just because it's so good. And we would have heard that score. Mm. So, uh, oh yeah. And real quick, just a quick thing on that. Uh, He says, we're going to take a trip to Italy. Mm -hmm. Eric posited before we went on this trip that what if they played Suspiria 2018? I did. Now, Eric has seen it now, so it's not as exciting. But this time, none of us had seen it. Correct. So, I'm like, no, they won't die. Well, one uh, theater actually did. Deep Red Ends. And our our oh. our uh, moderator, which I think we should explain on the next film who he is okay. uh, and how it connects. Okay. So sure. our moderator says, did you guys like Deep Red? And everybody claps. And then he says, have any of you seen uh, the filmmaker's other f- movie, Suspiria? Oh, shit. And I'm like trembling right yeah. now. And I raise my hand and he says, okay, we're in good shape. And I'm like, I looked at you and you looked at me and I looked at Dana and I was like, all of us go. Oh, shit. We're going to watch Suspiria 2018. Yep. It wasn't. <laughs> it, it couldn't have been further. Could Suspiria 2018. It wasn't even a horror film. It wasn't. It was. It definitely fit. It was definitely an exploitation film. I guess. Um, it was Primary Colors, the exploitation film. So what we ended up Keegan watching... Keegan was really hard on this film. I ended up liking it a bunch. This was. was fil- this was a movie neither of us had seen. Uh, this is a film, let's say, is available on Amazon Prime. It is. That's true. And so, I think that's how they played it because it looked like shit, yeah, by the exactly. way. So, After watching Deep Red, by the way. We go into, let's just say what it is. Okay, Sean S. Cunningham's The New, new Kids. Kids. Okay, yes. Sean S. Cunningham is the director of the original uh, Friday the 13th. Right. We all know him because he shepherded that franchise for a long time. Sean mm-hmm. S. Cunningham, great guy. Uh, he directed another movie called The New Kids. And this is the third film. I never even knew this film fucking existed. And, and now I'm about to fucking watch it. And that would have been okay. If it were a fucking horror movie. I really like the new kids. Okay. But let's let's talk. Okay, so it opens up with Tom fucking Atkins. It, and that's the best part of the movie. Tom fucking Atkins. He's in the fucking army. Yep. And he's got two. He's married with two kids, uh, both in high school. And you learn like every fucking day they just like train. He like teaches them to like fight and be badass. And run fast and like wear short shorts. Really short shorts. Right. Yeah. So, like, five minutes later, Tom Atkins and his wife fucking dies in a yep. fucking car wreck. So, the two kids have to move to, is it Florida? Florida. 
with their crazy uncle. Yep. Who owns a Christmas theme park. But it's like fucking like August. To me, does that make sense? It immediately read that Sean S. Cunningham came had got, across had, this. Yep, had gotten a hold of a broken down Santa themed Christmas land and purchased it and said, Oh, let's make a movie out of this. Yes. That's what it felt like to me. So the crazy uncle. So it's a brother and sister that they're the they're our main characters. They're yes. like teenagers Correct. in high school. The crazy the the seemingly crazy uncle wants them to live and work and fix in up the, the whole house. thing. Right, exactly. You and learn, get it running for the summer. You learn. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so so maybe get it's it running like, for the summer. Maybe it's like April or some bullshit. Yeah, I don't fucking. It made it's, no it's sense. Definitely not fucking Christmas time. It's definitely not a great film. I like the new <laughs> kids, dog. So no. And so you learn what little money they have. So this is where the marathon went south for me. I'm I'm like on board with the new kids. I'm still fucking down for the new kids. He wants to take some of their money. So the sister's worried about it. The brother's like, no, this is where we live. We got to help out. He's the only family we have now, shish. Exactly. So now they're in it deep. So they, then they Quite gotta, literally. Then they got to go to school, though. And, oh, who is the sister? I don't know her fucking I name. I can't remember her name. It is Aunt something from Full House. Yes. Um, uh, Jesse, Uncle Jesse's wife in Correct. Full House. Correct. I'm sorry for not remembering her name. Hey, I don't fucking remember either. So when we get there, we meet this gang of fucking bullies led by James Spader. Yep, James Spader. They're a bunch of hick-ass hillbillies from in Florida who sell coke. As you normally do. At least James Spader does. For sure he does. So one thing that was a little confusing about this. A little. A little confusing. Was, you know, James Spader was definitely the leader of the bully group. But there was this other guy who I felt like was running for contention. Me too. Right. And it was confusing the whole time. So they make a bet. Who can fuck the sister first? And let me say this. I'm not sure how old she is in the film. Like her character... In high school is young. I understand that, but let's say, let's just say that the brother is a senior. Okay. okay? And when you're a senior, you're only 17 or 18 max. Okay. The daughter is, or the, the girl is younger, right? So okay. what is she? 14, 15. And they're making bets on, on who can sleep with her. Right. These okay. fucking drug addled, little sleazy for me. Hick ass dudes. They're going to see who can, who can bone her first. <laughs> for lack of a better term. <laughs> so, she turns them both down. Yes. She's just too busy. She's got school. She's she says, got the she says she, I don't, I don't even know you yet. She's got the theme park. By the way, I actually thought her and her brother, the two main characters, I thought they were great in the movie. I think they're good. Like they're not terrible in the mil- in the movie at all. I think there's some campier other people in the film, mm-hmm. but as far as the acting in the new kids, the two main characters I bought, I thought they were great. I never for a second didn't believe their characters. Okay. I didn't believe some of James Spader's character. I didn't believe some of the others, but I thought they were great. So she turns them down, right? Yes. And uh, young Eric Stoltz has caught her eye. Yep. And he seems to be the gentleman characters so mind you they're all wearing primary colors so the boys are wearing blue the yes. girls are wearing pink or, or yellow and it's very odd it's very pastel film so uh you know she just ain't got time to fuck these guys and you know what she should be able to make that choice right well of course well these fucking guys aren't gonna have it and it culminates in they all have fucking shotguns for some reason all the bullies and lighter fluid 
It culminates into a big fucking fight at the Santa theme park. Oh, my God. Now, God. if you remember me telling you, Tom Atkins taught the kids how to fight so they can, like, fight back. So, so it's even like, though they don't have. So they're like Rambo. They're like John Rambo at a Santa land. Against drug hicks. You know what I kept thinking of? What did you kept thinking of? I drink your blood. Okay, sure. I thought of the new, uh, no, Zero Boys. Zero Boys as well. It's like those two films mixed together. Yeah. Shout out to Jamin Daly. He watches Zero Boys with me. Hello, Jamin. He listens. I like the fucking new kids, dog. Okay, again, you know, I hate that I always have to do what this. A wild, what a fucking wild ass movie just to be like, oh, here's the third fucking film of a fucking marathon. You're going to fucking watch this fucking shit. Okay, so <laughs> um, I think it's not really a horror movie. No, no, no. And no. I think to go to Dismember the Alamo to watch uh, Toby Hooper's Eaten Alive. Okay. Okay. And then Dario Gento's Deep, Deep Red. Deep Red. Okay. And then. Sean S. Cunningham's <laughs> The New the Kids. The New Kids. Which is not a horror movie at all. Um, I was thinking, look, I, I don't want to make it sound like I like these movies, but I thought, okay, maybe it's going to turn into like a rape revenge film. Sure. Um, I can say here it doesn't. So it doesn't even have like that horror element. No. It, and I'm not saying I want that. I'm saying I just thought, okay, maybe that's why it's at a horror marathon. To me, it just felt like, I mean, you know, if you no one out there has seen The New Kids. Pretend you're watching you know, some other early 90s family film almost. That's okay. what this was, but trashier. Super and, trash. And again, it was a cool movie. Honestly, if this sounds fun and stupid, watch on Amazon Prime. Honestly, watch I, it I recommend it. But it's not horror. Okay, so let's explain why The New Kids was shown. Okay. okay. So. You go ahead. Uh, so Keegan has talked about the moderator. Well, this guy is best friends with fucking Lucky McKee. Okay, we know Lucky McKee from, uh, I'm going to say his Tales of Halloween uh, segment. That's right. And, and oh, okay, keep going. Uh, I see why you're not saying his main movie. He, yes, he lives in El Paso. Yes, he does. And so, and at our uh, Victor Crowley screening, he was there. Yes. And he, at a previous film you had seen there. Yep, yep. Uh, I went to see Cat in the Brain one time, and he opened it. Uh, I believe Lucky McKee also directed The Woman. Lucky McKee right. directed The Woman. Mm-hmm. Right. So, He's a great director. So what we learn is the reason Lucky McKee and his best friend have picked these three films is because Lucky says these are the directors who have shaped him. You got... Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper. Who Lucky even said he had met, which is cool. He said they were friends. Yeah. Uh, you got Dario Argento. Mm-hmm. You got Shun Cunningham. Shin you got Shin so what's the what's the appropriate thing to do next? You show your own fucking movie, Lucky McKee's May. Okay, so where to start here? Where to start, Doc? Okay, so let's start here. I have seen May previously. I saw May probably in 06, 07, okay. shortly after it came out on DVD. I like May a lot. I've always told Eric, hey, you know, Lucky McKee's film, because we saw him for Victor Crowley. Lucky McKee was at at Victor Crowley in El Paso. And I said, dude, his movie May is great. His movie May is great. I kind of want to get a picture with him because May is so good. I remember. I always said that. I remember. But to show May at the four movie marathon that we paid $26 for and even more with all our stuff, I'm not sure it, I don't know if I like that I remember you called it self-indulgent. I, I seem to remember saying that as well. And then to choose your own film to close out this marathon. I just felt robbed. Okay. I, you know what I'm saying? I, I feel you. But now the other side of it. Here's my side. Eric had never seen May. I had never fucking seen May 
and I thought it was really fucking good. I liked it so much. It was my favorite of the four fucking films that we watched. And I, and I feel like I probably feel the same way that you do about Deep Red, right? Eric had seen Deep Red prior to this marathon, and I hadn't, so I was so happy to watch it. And you weren't as happy, I don't think. So the fact that I, I'd, I'd seen May, I just thought it was self-indulgent. But look, it, Lucky McKee, if you're listening... We love you. We both yeah. love May. I think May is a fantastic was, fucking movie. It was movie. so good. Like I, I want to show that movie to people. It's just looking at the other screenings. Like people watched like fucking Night of the Creeps. Cooler shit. Yeah, cooler shit. That's our only thing. Cooler marathon shit. How about that? But we love you, Lucky McKee. How about that? Yeah. Cooler films to see in a marathon. I guess I think you're, what you're getting at is right. It didn't really feel like a marathon. It felt like the movies that shaped Lucky McKee. That's what they said. I, I know, and you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a horror marathon if you're picking... It's a Lucky McKee marathon is like, what it was. if I was picking... We did this. It was we, a Lucky we, McKee film personality we, marathon. We did this. E-Dog, E-Bob, and K-Bob Steakhouse, Artesia, New Mexico. <laughs> okay, but we did this on our last episode where we gave our... What we would show. And it wasn't my favorite films of all time or the movies that shaped me. No. It were movies it I thought fun. would be good for a fucking marathon. Exactly. So there you go. Exactly. But talk May, Eric. I love it. I've seen it. I want to hear it from you. You you had never seen it. I'd never seen it before. So it's about this girl who at a young age. Uh, Angela she, Bettis? When she's older. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got a lazy eye. Uh, she's picked on. And she but has, like a really bad lazy eye. Uh, and she has a... Uh, dominating mother. So she grows up to just be a fucking weirdo. And she sees this guy from afar. She falls in love with them before they even really fucking meet. Mm-hmm. And it's about her trying uh, to start a relationship with this guy. But when it doesn't go as planned, shit pops off. So when she first meets the guy, <clears throat> um, she is obsessed with his hands. Correct. And we don't know why. We don't get to find out, which I guess we won't spoil. We don't get to find out till the very end why she's so into people's body parts. Correct. And for this guy who she's in love with, uh, it's his hands. And so she spends every waking moment with him staring at his hands, putting her, her his hands on her face. And I think it's a super sweet movie early on. And I really liked that. Like I liked that it felt like a cute, sweet romance. Mm-hmm. And then it goes south. Goes very south, which I get. We won't obviously describe, and um, of course, then it turns into like kind of batshit insanity a then little it, bit. Then it made me think of Hinnenlauter. Yeah, yeah, um, but I love it. I think it's great. I mean, it's an awesome movie, and I love. There's like this metaphorical aspect of like this doll in the movie yes. that I think is a lot of fun. Um, it's great, dude. Um, May's really. If you haven't good. seen May out there, definitely watch it. May is really, really good. I was just frustrated by its placement and sort of its the idea that Lucky McKee would show his own movie at, you know, I don't want to talk shit. We love Lucky McKee. I just thought it was an odd thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, if I did a movie marathon, I wouldn't play 2001 A Space Odyssey, Jaws, and fucking Star Wars, Star Wars and Back to the Future. I would pick things that made sense for a marathon and so I think that's kind of what we're trying to get at. Sure. Now, having said all that, as a whole, we had a blast, right? Yes. Yeah, loved it. So that was it. I hope you enjoyed our journey that through Dismember of the Alamo 2018. And hopefully next year we go back. That'd yeah. be awesome. Absolutely. Let's hope it's better. Oh, God. Uh, and for this year, the woman. 
<laughs> and this year, my Tales of Halloween short. That would have been tight at like the beginning or something. Yeah, it was short. Yeah. It's the worst short in Tales of Halloween. I agree, but I'm just saying like <laughs> if he feels compelled to show his own work. Yeah. Then give it to us in shorter form. Lucky. We love you. Yeah. So okay. that was Dismember the Alamo 2018. We hope you enjoyed our journey through it. Uh, we had a blast going to it. And I guess it's time to get to something else, okay. something next. And I think I'll just throw this in here. Okay. I rewatched Tales of Halloween okay. for Halloween, on Halloween. Nice. And uh, the reason I did was I went to my brother's house. Twick a tweet. This is the first time he has had his own house. Yes. Um, either of us. Uh, so I went over there to facilitate and watch, essentially, which sounds odd. So you picked the the films that you guys would be viewing. Yes, but that's not. I didn't go over there to watch that. I went over there for trick or treating. They uh, did they, they get a bunch of kids. They had a every- fuck ton of kids. That's awesome. So it was awesome because we're we're all kind of nervous because we're kind of you know we're adults, but I'm I bet a lot of you feel the same way out there. We're like fake adults, you know, like we're like we want to be adults, but. We're in that like millennial 27, 28, 29 range where we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Yes. Well, my brother's on his way, but I don't know what I'm doing. Yes. So I go over there to be like, kids are going to trick or treat at your house? And I'm terrified of kids, by the way. Yes. So, you know, they're fucking knocking on the door, trick or treat, and I'm terrified. Okay. Like, I wanted to go because I love Halloween, right? Sure. But I was terrified of the kids. So he's like, my brother's like, you have to. You have Who to. Who was handing out the candy? Well, Sabra, his wife. Okay. And finally, Ben's like, you have to hand out some of the candy because you're so scared. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So, like, finally, the doorbell rang that, Keegan, you do it this time. Okay. And I walked over there and I was like, uh, 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 thank you. Uh, <laughs> happy Halloween. <laughs> I dropped the candy in the bag. I shut the door. I was like, fuck. I don't know what the hell to do. But it was a blast. Sounds like it. And the reason I bring it up is we watched Tales of Halloween. And the reason I bring it up here is we just talked Lucky McKee. He has a short in Tales of Halloween. I won't go on about it a lot, um, but I love Tales of Halloween, man. It's so good. I really wish that they would, uh, the Midnight Society, uh, which is what they call themselves in the film, I wish they would make another one of these. You know, if you haven't seen Tales of Halloween and you like Halloween-driven films, it's, it's an, an anthology. Anthology, that's right. It's great, man. It's on Netflix. Uh, the first short is probably the best. It's called Sweet Tooth. You know, we like slashers and shit, so I like that one. Big fan of the one where the kid uh, is in the devil costume. Yes. I love that short. I also love there's a short in there called The Grim Grinning Ghost. It's kind of an old classic, like, ghost story. I really like that one. And then uh, the other one I think is called Trick, and it's about these, I'll just say, these kids kill all these adults. Mm -hmm. It's shot fucking amazing. It's really, really good. It's probably the best shot short in the whole thing. That's saying a lot because Neil Marshall directed one of them. Um, so anyways, tell the Halloween, if you haven't seen it, fucking amazing. Um, perfect for October. Luckily it is now November. So, um, you have, you can to, wait still watch it. You have to wait till next year. And with that, that was tales of Halloween. Thought it was the right time to talk about it. Eric, give me something. Okay. I finally watched Mandy. Oh, okay. Uh, this I'm is, dying to see it. Haven't. Okay. This is uh, directed by Panos Cosmatos. I'm sleeping on Mandy. Uh, that's fine. Uh, this is starring, uh, Nick Cage. Uh, This is one of those films that has had a ton of fucking hype. And I'm glad I finally got to uh, Cheddar Goblin. Yes. It's like the smallest thing ever. And I don't understand why that became the biggest thing ever. Because internet. Because because there's memes. That's why. Yep. Uh, So Mandy uh, is about this dude whose wife is murdered by a religious cult. And he decides to go after him. Simple as that, right? Uh Uh-huh. So here's what's fucking crazy about... Mandy. Okay, go ahead. You ready? I'm ready. 
I'm ready. The entire film feels like it should be dream logic. Okay. Just like the fucking colors, the fucking, uh, the people Nick Cage fights. But it's not. He's just a normal dude. It's just a normal revenge film. Okay. You you feel like you're in this dream landscape the entire time. Right. But it's not. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I understand what you're it's saying. It's like all these like fucking wild ass colors and like people talking like fucking crazy voices. Um, it cuts to like weird like anime bits. Um, the thing I kept thinking about when I was watching this film was fucking years ago, I read Bruce Campbell's autobiography. And he's talking about how people would come up to him at cons and say that they would do hallucinogenics oh, and yeah. watch Evil yeah. Dead 2. And I kind of feel like, is this... Is, is this, that what's happening with Mandy? Is this, is this what's going to happen with Mandy now? Yeah. yeah. Um, fortunately, it's good. Okay. Um, it's not just like bullshit. Uh, Dana described it as a Nicholas... Uh, That's right. Winding Nicholas Winding Refn, yeah. And... He, you know, some of it does feel masturb- masturbatory, mm-hmm. but uh, I really dug it. Uh, it. It's definitely unique. How about that? So, you know, I feel like this was like the genre darling until right. Suspiria 2018. Which one's better? Oh, Mandy. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Absolutely. Um, um, you know, I kind of feel like Nick Cage has this like bad rep now of like picking like shitty movies. Yeah. He's not like as good of an actor anymore or something. And uh, there's this really fucking overacting scene in the film. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was laughing, you know, when I saw it. And uh, so anyways, I was watching some of the... Um, behind the scenes? Yeah, like behind the scenes. And they're discussing that scene. And like that's how like the director wanted it. He wanted it like batshit. Right. So it was just like, I feel like he gets this like bad rep for being fucking crazy. But like, no, he's like just performing his art. Yeah. You know? So it was cool. I definitely dug it. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like a lot of people feel like that way about Nick Cage now, but I feel like that same rhetoric comes out every time. I feel like people think Nick Cage sucks as an actor, but I think he's really underrated. Like, but at what point is he not underrated anymore if we all say that, right? Right. Well, I, I feel like he's already had his time like in the sun. I mean, his real time in the sun, but I feel like genre fans love him now. Right. But like, all genre fans keep saying how good. Well, we know like he's, like, he's good in his genre shit. Like mom and dad, you liked him in. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I need to see Mandy. I feel bad for not seeing it yet. Um, so I've been keeping track of like my favorite horror films. Yeah. And I just don't know where to fucking put Mandy. Is Mandy it a is horror film? so confusing. Yeah. Okay, definitely. cool. Awesome. It's like, cause like the fucking people he fights are these like crazy, like Cinnabite, like monster things. Mm. Um, you know, there's just like good gore. Yeah, I would definitely categorize it as nudity. Male nudity. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's some awesome. dick in Mandy. Yeah, and it's that, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's something you've watched, da? Something I've watched. Fuck it. Let's just talk apostle, da. Let's do apostle, da. Let's do apostle, da. So uh, apostle is a film from Gareth Evans. Correct. On Netflix currently for free. So go check it out. Starring Dan Stevens. Yes, yeah, starring Dan of Stevens. the guest. Of the guest fame. And uh, we love the guest. Absolutely. And the first thing that I thought while watching Apostle was, holy shit, this is expensive as fuck. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing I thought was, you know, Dan Stevens is a good looking man. 
Dan Stevens is very handsome. Yeah. He was in that yeah. fucking Downton Abbey shit. He was. And he that was like, fucking Downton Abbey shit. And he was like fucking, he was like fat and shit. I think the reason I noticed it in this film was he's supposed to look like dirty a lot. Right. But Dan Stevens almost But it's Dan fucking Stevens. Yeah. Dan fucking Stevens can't look dirty. Uh, he looks like a badass through the whole film. So he what does. is Apostle? Ap- Apostle's fucking wild dogs. What it is. fucking Apostle is. Apostle is about these fucking three fucking dudes who have found this fucking island who have basically turned it into a cult. Yes. Right? Um, you learn... And you don't know why. You, you, are you we going to s- say why, or are we just going to keep from that? I don't think we should say okay, why. Okay, let's keep away from... Because I don't think... There's, it, there's a magic to the land. How about that? Yeah. There's a supernatural to the land. Yes. But we don't know what it is. So, you learn that um, their crops are failing, and yep. so they decide to kidnap a woman and hold her for ransom. And this woman happens to be Dan Goodass-looking fucking Steven's sister. That's right. So he decides to go... Uh, he, he decides to infiltrate infl- the cult right. to find his sister. And bring her back. But you learn that he's hooked on fucking... Opioids or whatever the fuck yeah. it is. I have no idea. Some kind of he's hallucinogenic. On, he's on drugs! He's all fucked up! Mm-hmm. So, I mean... What else do you say without giving it away? Okay, let me say this. So if you like things that look like The Witch, if you like things that remind you of Victorian cults of sort of, I wouldn't, I'm afraid to say this word because it sort of implies a certain thing. If you like that sort of satanic Victorian witchy look, I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm saying the look. Uh, You're going to like fucking Apostle. Um, and so what the film becomes is like the, the cult that he lives with, um, is trying to find, they know that there's a rat somewhere Correct. there. There's a rat in their mix and they're midst and it's, and they're trying to find him. So the film is like, Oh shit. Are they going to find him? Are they going to find him? Are they going right. to find him? And when they learn of this, they start to publicly flog his sister. Yeah. And there's a super intense scene where like, is he going to fucking come out? Yeah. You know, like. He like almost reveals himself to what say, stop Dan, this shit. Right. What is old Dan going to do? And I guess you're kind of right that. What's a Dan got to do? We really can't say anything else. You can't. Because what the film but actually. But know that it gets fucking wild. So maybe I'll bridge this to my next review, okay. which is what I was so happy that Apostle did was it was, it made you wait. It gave you questions. It wanted you to think. It wanted you to, you know, put you in the cult. What would you do? Feel this tension. And then rewards you with insanity. Correct. And so I was so happy that Apostle did. And there was another film that came out like a week before on Netflix by another director that I actually like more. You like Told the Dark more? No, I like the director more. Oh, okay. Jeremy Saulnier. Okay. Or Saulnier. I don't know how to say his name. And that was Hold the Dark. And I maybe we'll finish Apostle first. Um, Hold the Dark has similar ambiguous elements that don't reveal themselves. And then the film ends. Yes. And I felt like I just wanted, I don't need it explained. Sure. By the way, because Apostle doesn't explain shit. But Apostle has, holy fuck, what the fuck is happening? Holy fuck. Um, big, you know, moments in your life. Yes. That's yes. what the, yeah, this is a fucking, you know, um, Lovecraftian horror film type thing. And uh, so, yeah, that's, a, I mean, Apostle, I just, it rewards you. Mm-hmm. It rewards you in the end. The last 20, 30 minutes, you're like, holy fuck, what the fuck? After I finished it, I went to I, my I mom's I feel like I'm house. horribly doing this. After, Well, I mean, that's that's how I describe films yeah. on this pod. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm you. Uh, after I finished Apostle, I went to my mom's house for breakfast, and I was like, mom, I just fucking saw the craziest fucking movie you know, 
ever. You know, it's funny. I watched. That's, that's what I did. I ran to my mom's to tell her about Apostle. <laughs> like you're like 10 years old. Yes. Um, it was funny because I did something similar. I had finished it. And that night I went over to my brother's to like watch a football game or something. And I was like, you know, I just saw this fucking nuts ass movie, mm-hmm. Apostle. And I showed him the trailer and he's like, I think I'll love that. So I maybe he'll like watch a- it. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. So Apostle's awesome. Right. Uh, can I take the next? The lead? What uh, What we've been watching to tie sure. it into Apostle. I was going to tie it in with Hold the Dark. Okay, well, let's, let's talk Hold the Dark then. Okay, so Hold the Dark came out about around the same time. It was a week before. It's clearly Netflix sort of putting out genre work by good directors in October. It's That's what it felt like to me. really exciting. Yeah, 100%. Because and they're like putting out this like wild ass shit that for directors we care about. No, for sure. And it's just on the fucking platform right away. And I think that's what disappointed me the most about Hold the Dark was, you know, here I am. I think everybody jocks Gareth Evans a little too much. Like, I think he's amazing, by the way. But his films haven't really been for me. Like, I think The Raid is awesome, mm-hmm. and The Raid 2 is awesome, but I'm not really a fight martial arts guy. That's weird. So I don't... I mean, clearly you are. That's the yes. stuff you like. And I like The Raid. I think it's awesome. I like The Raid 2. The girl with two hammers is fantastic. You know... You know, horror is like my favorite form of genre. Yeah. But I, I, I like love all genres. Well, I like most genre. I'm not really a big action movie guy, Doc. But don't. Or don't, fight guy. Okay. I mean, that's fine. And yeah. I, and I 100%, I'm okay with that. But don't you feel like that's another big form of genre? Yeah, it is. But okay. So I think you stray more into the action genre and fight genre. And like you like Rambo, for instance. Yes, I do. I'm more of a, the genre that I stray into from outside of horror is like sci-fi okay. and stuff like that. That's the stuff I like where I feel like, I know you like sci-fi, but you don't like it as much as I do. And I think vice versa. I like fight films like, and crazy action shit uh, like the raid, but not as much as you do. Mm. Not at all. So anyways, point being, that's all to illustrate the director is Gareth Evans. That's apostle. So I was less excited for apostle. I get you. And I was you wrong. Were more excited for hold the dark. I was ended up more excited for hold Apostle the dark more. because of Jeremy Solnier, who I think is like one of the best directors working right now. So hold the dark. Explain it, Eric. You're so good at this. Okay. Uh, hold the dark is about this woman. Uh, this takes place in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the start of the film, you're led to believe her child, her young child, maybe five, six, seven years of age is eaten by a wolf. Mm-hmm. So she contacts this man who has literally written the book on hunting wolves to see if, she, if to see if he can track and kill uh, this wolf. Uh, this man, he's a very broken uh, individual. He agrees uh, to come to Alaska to hunt for this wolf. Uh, you later learn because he has a um, shitty relationship with his daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember his Alaska. name. He's one of the main Russell. characters of, of Westworld. No, the main character, the, the actor. Anyways, he's one of the main characters of Westworld. He's an awesome actor. And he's great in the film. Uh, I feel like I know him from something else, but I'm drawing a blank. I can't fucking remember his name. Um, if you're in the car screaming in your radio, we'll hear it. Yeah. Do people still have radios? I'm sure they do. Okay. Uh, so he agrees to come to hunt this wolf. Yes. But then that's not at all what fucking happens. That's that's the way the film is sold. You think it's yeah, going to be that's about the this premise. guy hunting wolves. The premise you is... You think it's going to be the fucking gray two? And it's fucking not at all. Yeah. So the premise is, you know, this woman's son has been taken or killed by wolves. Correct. Pack wolves. And she asks our main character to come find, hunt, and kill or the wolves. Right. Essentially. You, the, her husband, he's in, he's in the military. He's Alexander Skarsgård. 
And this dude is fucking soulless. Yeah. It shows where he's just like in combat and he's just like fucking killing dudes without any emotion. Yeah. Okay, I, I take that back. There's a scene where he like stops a rape. Which I thought was awesome. But other than that, this is like one soulless ass. But to kill like one of his soldiers, like did you know? Because that was yeah. one of his guys, right? It was. That was. I thought that was cool. I mean, it's cool like morality. I right. You, you see him doing like a good deed, but it just still seems like he's just so far gone. Yeah, I ultimately, okay, hold the dark. We're, so we're I, talking hold the dark here, folks. I sort of ultimately came down on like, I wasn't sure what the movie, the point of the movie was. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really felt like we went on a journey with, with anybody or that, okay, generally in film, you have a three-act structure that has a character go on an arc to learn something about themselves and redeem themselves somehow, usually. Yes. I just didn't feel like that existed here. Now, do all films have to follow that? No, not at all. But what I hoped this movie would eventually do is reward me for mm-hmm. wading through this stuff. And I feel like the only reward in the film by Jeremy Saulnier, one of the best directors, is a shootout. I get a shootout, and that's actually it. For me, that was Hold the Dark. I waited for that shootout. The shootout happened. The rest of the movie happened. I thought, okay. So I liked it, Yes. but I ultimately was super conflicted on it. I guess I, I, guess I would have liked uh, something tidy. I would have liked something concrete yeah. as to what's going on. It can stay ambiguous. It's ambiguous in Apostle. Um, I, I, I love ambiguity, you know, one of my favorite, but this was to a point to where I was turned off. There was nothing happening by the film. It was so ambiguous that the film actually has nothing happening. Does that make sense? No, well, I mean, no, there's shit popping off. I feel like in the film, like yeah. there's, there's, I mean, there was like, like jaw dropping moments for me, but then for them not to have any type of conclusiveness yeah. is what bummed me out about hold the dark. Yeah. I felt like there wasn't an ending and again, I hope it doesn't sound like, oh, I need an ending or I need something wrapped up. I don't need it wrapped up. I just needed something. And I feel like the film was just like, okay, I don't know. It's over. And I was like, okay, great. I'm not sure what we did. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I feel like Apostle, we went on this journey with Dan Stevens. You find out what's happening. What's happening is still ambiguous. It's not explained. But you find out what is happening. It's crazy. It's big. I don't want to spoil Apostle. And then, you know, that character has learned something, I guess. Right. And I felt like this film was just like sort of wading through the motions. And a lot of Jeremy Saulnier stuff has done that where it's like, they don't, there's no, there's a lack of emotion, I feel like, in his films. And I love that. I love like the sort of coldness of it, which this film has a lot of it and it's very cold. So it sort of makes sense. But, I feel like the only reward we got for it was a shootout, a really well-directed, tense shootout. And that's it. I was like, okay, great. Can you say anything better on it? I feel like I, I don't know how to explain it because not there's not a lot going on. Uh, so you know, I was talking about the husband. Sure. Right. Well, we follow him to like get his bullet wound cleaned, and I, I don't understand what the fuck the movie is. So Sorry the, to, to go on a tangent. The, the wife... You know she's upset. She's worried what he's gonna think when he when that's Riley Q, right? Key Q, I think. Yes, yeah. um, that you know that their child has been taken, yeah, or killed by these wolves. So she goes on the run, and he makes it back home. He learns what's happened, and so you think he's upset with her, and so he starts killing motherfuckers, yeah, in his effort to find his wife. That's right. And, you know, I don't want to say it's slasher-ish, but he wears a fucking mask 
fucking killing dudes. Which is cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. But then again, everything we just fucking said, when they finally meet, it just felt so I, I anticlimactic. Feel, I almost feel bad saying this, but it's because what I because what happens isn't what I wanted. Yeah. I was turned off. It's like you you know, and in everything you just said, you know, it doesn't have to be tidy, it can stay ambiguous. It doesn't even have to be logical. My, my favorite but like, it was so far from like any of those things. It it felt like disappointed. It felt like nothing happened at the end of the film. And I thought, wow, for this whole movie Especially at to, two plus hours. Yeah, to to sit here for two hours straight mm-hmm. and then to sort of end the movie on nothing, mm-hmm. I felt was like, okay, I don't really Hmm. And again, you know, I'm the guy that likes ambiguous shit. You know, my favorite movie of the year so far and probably will be my favorite movie of the year is Annihilation. But Annihilation, like things like The Witch or things like Apostle, rewards you with something. And guess what? In The Witch, it's still ambiguous what they reward you with, right? So I love ambiguity and it is an Annihilation as well. But I need to be rewarded. And I just felt like Hold the Dark did not reward me at all. Well, except for a shootout. Let's uh, keep this awesome... This train a-rolling. This awesome Netflix genre train going. Okay. Because they released uh, Hold the Dark. Yep. The following week, they released Apostle. Mm-hmm. And then the next f- uh, week, they released a film I'm fucking incredibly excited about. The Night Comes for Us. Tell us about it. Uh, the Night Comes for Us is not a horror film. That's right, but it's genre. It is genre as fuck. And I don't see why any horror fan would not be into The Night Comes Force. Although maybe Keggy, because so he just explained it. I'm concerned about it. martial arts yeah. guy. So Eric texts me and says his you know favorite thing he's fucking seen is uh, this film. The and, Night Comes Force. And I find out it's the raid guy making another fight film. And I, so, I think they're awesome. But tell me. This movie is fucking amazing, duh. Okay, duh. Okay, so this is directed. Like better than The Raid? This is better than the Raid. What? Okay, cool. And, it, and it's the same star. And I don't know how to pronounce his Timo... name. Timo. No. <laughs> uh, Timo Timajanto. That's is, right. Is the director and writer of The Night Comes for Us. And that's actually, what I was talking and about. I've actually yeah. talked uh, Timo Timajanto before on this episode, as he's the guy who directed uh, Macabre. Why are you? Why are you so easily pronouncing his name here? Timo Timajanto. I don't. Li- I don't like this, Eric. <laughs> this is new <laughs> to me because I'm actually getting it right. Timo Timajanto. Uh, because I heard Sam Zimmerman pronounce it <laughs> okay. on an episode of The Fucking Core. Okay. Um, Macabre is the film I talked about previously where it's a uh, Asian Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. And it's actually, um, that's the film where I couldn't pronounce the character's name. Uh, Ajij. Ajij. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So The Night Fucking Comes for Us is about uh, the Yakuza gang. Okay. You learn that they have these, I think, six generals. And you learn the, Yaku- the Yakuza gang, um, you know, they profit from drugs, prostitution, guns, you know, anything fucking illegal, they have their hands in it. And these six generals are tasked with making sure these operations go smoothly. Okay. Like, they have, like, free will. Like, whatever the fuck you got to do to make sure no motherfuckers impede with our fucking illegal operations, you fucking do it. So this motherfucker decides he's had enough. He's killed too much. He's had enough. He's out. And he goes postal. So, the Yakuza want him dead. So they send another one of their generals to kill him. But here's the big twist, Doc. Okay. They're best friends. So he can't do it. Well, 
that's where there's a lot of conflict. Okay. <laughs> so what happens, Don, is two hours of the goriest, violent fucking shit I've ever seen. Imagine wow. if Fulci did a bunch of fucking coke and made a fucking action movie. It's the fucking night comes for us. Okay. And it's the best. It's going to be in my top three favorite movies of the year. How, how many sittings did it take you to get there? One. Oh, wow. And it's a fucking like two hour, just like balls to the wall, violence, gore. That was something I didn't understand about the raid too, was it was like two and a half hours long. And it, that movie's paced weird as well. Yeah. Whereas the night comes for us, Doc, I was, I, I, I yelled damn like out loud at the gore. Cool. It I'm in. It's just like. Maybe you'll have a hard time because it's a martial arts film. I mean, I don't want to imply I don't like them. I just think that you love stuff like that, and I just I'm not super into it. You know, I feel like I've seen the raid, and that's all I need to see. What I was extra sold by was the violence and gore. Like this is what I want in yeah. my movies. I want this level of insanity, guts spewing. Yes, the night comes for us. It's fucking amazing. I love it. I, I so love good. that you love it this much. It's so fucking good. So that was the night comes for us, and that's just like a cool fucking name. And it's on Netflix. And it's on fucking Netflix. I know. Timo I have so Timo much Jato. shit to watch. It's so frustrating. Uh, I followed him after uh, on Twitter after watching. What's this. his name? Timo Timajanto. Timo Timajanto. And uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like his Twitter personality. So oh, I, good. I had to unfollow him. But I'll tell you what, he's two for two with me, and he's done other movies with the motherfucker from the raid. So I'm excited to like. Uh, explore Timajanto's uh, filmography. Totally random. Okay. We just passed an election. Uh, not that we're going to talk about it, but did Eric vote? Eric did vote. So did Kigi. So Kigi and Easy approve of voting. Ghoul Squad approved. And Timajanto films. Let's keep <laughs> yes. going. What's something you see? Uh, okay. So another thing from me, uh, I've got little stuff left, really. So I've got... Um, I've got some little Yeah, I've got a couple little things left. Okay. Da. And uh, one of them is the Halloween 4K disc so you know we've talked a lot about halloween we've talked a lot about halloween 2018 and so all i want to say here is you know halloween was released on a 4k uh blu-ray disc Mm -hmm. and i watched it twice it came out like three weeks ago and i've seen the 4k twice and it's fucking incredible uh you know it's not a massive jump you know when you're talking something this old on film and not shot uh with the best like stock I recently got the 2001 A Space Odyssey 4K and that was shot on like fucking 70 millimeter film. I think 65 millimeter, 60 millimeter, um, much larger film stock. And so when they rescanned that in 4K, it looks fucking absurd. I just want to say here, it's not horror, but the 2001 A Space Odyssey 4K is one of the most mind blowing fucking things I've ever seen. Um, and that you heard that here first on the Ghoul Squad. Uh, but the Halloween 4K, it's just beautiful and you can just... I don't know, man. It just feels so good to see Halloween look this good. I saw some people good. upset with it. I thought it looked great. Mm-hmm. I've seen it twice. I think it's fantastic. There's a more recent color grade by Dean Cundy that was the 35th anniversary Halloween Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. You have it in your set. So do I. It looks great, but it doesn't. it's not as flashy. That one is much more colorful, in my opinion, than this 4K transfer. Uh, I don't think it's the same coloring that that latest 35th anniversary had. Um, but it looks gorgeous, man. I mean, as soon as it came on, I was like, holy shit, Haddonfield looks good. Um, again, not a massive jump, but a great Blu-ray disc. It was fucking $15 on Amazon 
couple days ago. If you have 4K player, please pick that up. So that was the Halloween 4K. You go ahead, Eric. Okay. Uh, I'll keep this net this Netflix theme going, although this wasn't uh, Netflix original. Uh, I finally watched Terrifier. Oh, cool. Uh, Shout this, out to Rob G. What did Rob G do with Well, this? he works for Epic Pictures now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Terrifier is an Epic Pictures film. Okay. Uh, did not know that. Ter- Rob Galuzzo, hello. Because Ter- he's listening right yeah. now. You know he follows me on Twitter. You're lying. Now, Rob G follows me on Twitter. He follows a lot of people. Uh, he follows me. Do you feel like you, every tweet's got to be a good one? Because Rob G is Sometimes. It, he right? liked one of my tweets a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh, Rob G liked one of my tweets. <laughs> Which is fucking lame, I know. Uh, so Terrifier is a slasher film. That's uh, right. Um, the killer in the film is this uh, freaky clown named Art the Clown. Um, Terrifier is awesome. It's uh, like 80-minute, mean-spirited, violent slasher that is set on Halloween. And I kind of feel like there's there's no other box. There's no boxes left unchecked for E-Doc yeah. to like uh, a slasher film. Sure. You know, slashers are my favorite. Subgenre? Se- second subgenre. Yeah. In the horror genre. And this one was just like, I mean... I don't want to compare it to the new Halloween. Okay, you know, Terrifier and the new Halloween. But, like, Terrifier was almost more like, we sat here and we nitpicked Halloween, right? Yeah. Whereas Terrifier was, like, just a quick, fun romp. Yeah, but, I mean, it's 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 a, sl- it's a slasher film that probably, does it say anything about anything? Or is it just a slasher film? Nope, it's just a nasty slasher film. Hell yeah. I, I've been meaning to watch it, and for I whatever sh- reason, I haven't got to it. I strongly encourage you to watch it. I'm going to. I definitely think... Uh, you being you, you'll dig it. All I hear about it is it's a mean-spirited, Super fucked mean. up slasher, and yes. I'm in. Yes. I love that. Uh, let me follow that up with, so I'm all hyped on Terrifier, right? Okay. So I watch All Hallows' Eve. I've always wanted to see that, which so, I know has Art the Clown in it, so yes. go ahead. So I fucking love Art the Clown now, right? Where did you get All Hallows' Eve? I got a DVD copy from Netflix. Wow. Okay. Yes. Proceed. So I'm now in love with Art the Clown with having watched... Uh, Terrifier, so I'm like, fuck yeah, give me more uh, Art the Clown. Uh, as you listening may or may not know, All Hallows' Eve is an first. anthology, right? It's an anthology film. It's where he originated. Right. Uh, there's three segments, right? And what it's about is these kids, they've gone trick-or-treating, and when they get home, they're going through their bags of candy, and someone has put a videotape in their bag. So they proceed to watch what's on the videotape, and those are the shorts, right? And those are the shorts, right? The first two are really fucking bad. That's quite a statement. Really fucking bad. Really fucking bad to the point where I was like, "Let's turn this off." And get this, Art the Clown has like the littlest to do with the first two, yeah, segments. And I was like, "Oof, this is." Uh... <laughs> I wish you could see Eric's face right now. <laughs> He's E-Dog, cringing real hard. E Dog's not having this. Like, I feel bad saying that. Yeah, no, but, I am. Uh, we but, don't like shitting on stuff. No. And then the last segment is basically a short version of Terrifier. It's all Art the Clown okay. terrorizing a girl. And I was like, okay, this is fucking tight. So I got my more Art the Clown quota. Let me ask you this. Okay. It always kind of reminds me of, um, I think it was like an 09, uh, Laid to Rest. Is it? Better than that, because I remember that movie not being as great as we hoped it would be. I've never seen Lady Rest. Wow. Okay. Um, but like as I said, Terrifier is just like a great, great slasher. Cool. I'm in. 
mm-hmm. I will watch it. Um, next you know, thing. I don't feel like you need All Hallows Eve. I'm not going to. You can just I almost bought through. that blue. It's on a double pack with something, and I, I never did pick All it up. All Hallows Eve 2. Yeah. Um, so I have got... I've got a few more myself. I've got a couple like little things again. Halloween 2. I rewatched it uh, before I... Actually rewatched Halloween 2, 1, 2, and 4 before seeing Halloween 2018. And uh, yeah, Halloween 2 is amazing. You know, we talked a lot about it recently, and you've talked about how slow it is and how you don't like it as much as I do. Yes. I want to give it another chance. And I just wanted to say it still stands. I love Halloween 2. I want to give it another chance. Dean Cundy's shit in it. You know, the main scene with the Elrod house with the fucking when Michael comes in and picks up the knife off the cutting board and just walks out, you know, that shit is like next level to me. Like I feel like Halloween, the sequels don't have next level shit sort of better than just a horror movie shit. And I feel like Halloween two still has some of that next level shit in it. The whole film isn't next level like the first movie, but the second film has such great looking shit. And this, the mask looks great. And the bleeding eyes at the end, Michael on fire, I just love it. You know, it has problems. You know, Lori has nothing to do. Lori literally does nothing the whole movie, and that sucks. But uh, as a sequel to the original film that takes place right when it ends, uh, I fucking absolutely love Halloween 2. So I know, you know, some people are upset they ditched it, but hey, it's the price of getting a new mic film. So, Halloween 2, I fucking love it. It's the price of pay. All right. One more? Stop me now i'm having such a good time i'm having a ball don't Don't stop stop me now if you want to have a good time just Just give me a call don't stop me don't stop hey hey okay all right next thing all right um i rewatched fucking doom doom the rock movie no I re-watched, what are you talking about? I, re- I rewatched fucking Doom. Why? Because it was on Netflix. Okay. And uh, you rewatched Doom. All right, hear me out, motherfucker. I rewatched Doom. There's no hell. I rewatched Doom because I wanted to see the movie, <laughs> and so I decided to watch the movie. Okay. Okay. E dog likes monster movies, right? And I was like, I haven't seen this fucking movie in 12 years. You That's- trying to explain why you watched Doom listen, is the best part of the podcast listen, to me. Go ahead. Listen, listen. This movie's over listen, a listen. decade fucking old. I saw it in fucking theaters. So I did I. I don't remember a goddamn thing about it. It's terrible, except for It's the- fucking awful, dog. <laughs> I hate Doom. Who it's, does it? It's a big pile of shit. Okay. It's so fucking bad. You know, I'm not even going to talk Doom because Doom, <laughs> Doom is that bad. You just quit on it that I'm quick. Just, I'm done with Doom. Fuck Doom. What, okay, tell me if the first person scene held up. Yes and no. It's okay. Yes and no. I, I, was like, I was like waiting for that to happen again. I remember that being the only thing that mattered in the there's, whole fucking movie. There's so much fucking... Oh, God. It's <laughs> the so disappointment on bad. your face. It's so fucking bad. Well, especially. It's literally the first 45 minutes of them running into a dark room going, clear! It is. Did you fart, Doc? I've been farting all <laughs> fucking time we've been in here, Doc. Uh, God damn, that's terrible, Doc. So, Thank you. Uh, I just have to sit here and breathe it in and record a <laughs> podcast. The things I do for the Ghoul Squad. Um, God damn, that's terrible. So. Not as terrible as Doom. I can tell you that, though, right nothing now. Nothing really is as terrible as Doom. What's. Even worse is since that film came out, the new Doom game came out, and the new Doom game is really good, fucking good. Yeah, that there's no way it could ever compare. I mean, just play that new Doom. So good. It's God, dude. That Doom is really fucking bad. So Eric chose to talk about Doom and then quit on it. So that is good. I've got three more. 
Okay, uh, let's do it. Let's talk Ghostbumps 2. Oh, finally. Just to do it, yeah. So, Ghostbumps... Goosebumps. <laughs> Goosebumps 2 Haunted Halloween. Yes. Goosebumps 2... Uh, I was very excited about this film. Me too. Uh, I was real amped on it because, you know, I was a little let down by House of the Clock and its walls. Um, I liked that movie. Eli Roth, I think it's his best movie since uh, Hostel Part 2. But what I wanted that movie to be was this. And I don't want to imply at all that this is the best movie ever. It's not at all. I remember you said you wanted the Halloween-ness of Goosebumps 2 with the satanicness yes. of House with the a Clock. The only thing walls. that Goosebumps 2... Okay, I have notes. Goosebumps 2. Not fantastic, but it's what I wanted House of the Clock and its walls to be. A lot of fun, but needed more Satan. Yes. So there you go. I mean, I think that's it. This, mo- this movie is a little clean for my taste, but I, I really like it. Go I, ahead. I loved Goosebumps 2. Loved? I loved Goosebumps 2. Did you like 2. it more than Doom? Yes, duh. I like it. Okay, more so than tell Doom. me about Goosebumps too. Yes, absolutely. Please. So um, I like the kids. I think they're good. Love the kids. Slappy uh, is great in this. He's like an actual character, um, and he has the best evil plan. Yes, which is to enact the Halloween apocalypse where every day is Halloween. So, which uh, is Eric's life. So whenever he casts uh, this spell to enact it, you learn anything Halloween related. Comes to life. Okay. Including people's lawn decorations. Yes. And there's this fantastic sequence where the kids are out and it's literally just chaos. Chaos of Halloween shit happening. One of my favorite. It was fucking great. Yeah, that's definitely amazing. I love the, um, there's like this scarecrow uh, pumpkin head thing. Yes. And it's like walking through the streets all fucking tall and shit. That was super dope. There's a bunch of witches that are dope. It's so... There's a big spider that's dope. It's so much fun. My main concern with this movie, with Goosebumps 2, okay. Haunted Halloween, yes. uh, was the use of CGI in the first film. I mm-hmm. thought was way too much mm-hmm. and just sort of like ruined that movie for me. This has a lot of CGI, but I feel like they do a really good job of... There is a lot of practical stuff in it too. I thought it was a great uh, merging of them. And like Slappy is like legit, just he's not CGI a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. I like that he felt like a doll a lot. Yeah, dude, it's fun. It's, it's a fucking blast. I came home and watched Monster Squad. Well, yeah, because I just wanted more kids versus monsters. Yeah, you know, it's funny. That's on my list. I rewatched Monster Squad. So great. Yeah, I guess that's all we have to say about that. But yeah, we all know Monster Squad and like yeah, it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Goosebumps two. Ton of um, fun. Ton of fun. Goosebumps well, two. I think we should go to Hellfest. Uh. Oh, shit. I forgot about Hellfest. Yep. Eric's favorite horror film of 2018. Am I wrong in saying people don't like Hellfest? I like Hellfest. I mean, like, what's the general consensus of Hellfest? I don't think it's their favorite film like it is yours. Duh, I loved Hellfest. (laughs) That's all I wanted the whole time. Duh, I loved Hellfest. How I just described Terrifier. It's just a fucking slasher movie. Hellfest is awesome. Yes. Um, it was way better than it had any right to be. I totally agree. But you tell me why you liked it so much. I felt like I just did, duh. It's a slasher film. That's it? It's 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 got gore. It's got dumb kids. It's got... I mean, what do, what do we want from our slasher films now? Do yeah. I really, does everything have to be <clears throat> Halloween 40 now? Explain Hellfest. Okay, fantastic. Same plot as Bloodfest. Done. Ooh, this was a bit better than Bloodfest. I can tell yeah. you that right now. Uh, Hellfest is about these kids who go to... A haunted amusement park source of thing, like a big haunted house. Right, exactly. Uh, I think, you know, Knott's Berry's Farm or something like that. And there's all these zones and haunted 
houses within the haunted house. Tons of people in costume. That's right. And there's a zone where they can touch you, things like that. Right. Uh, and there's this guy with no explanation whatsoever. Which I liked. As to what he's doing. Uh, he's wearing a mask, so people just think that he's uh, part of the uh, festivities. And he's just killing kids. Yeah, I love that. And I love the gore. I just, my thing on Hellfest was I wanted it to go full force. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to be a slasher that no one's going to see that's rated R, why the fuck are you not just like, why is it not just gore? And I feel like there's only like two big gore scenes in the movie. But other than that, I thought it was fantastic. And I really liked the kids. I thought it was a lot of fun. I agree. Um, It bums me out that I just kind of feel like, you know, people want R-rated films we as horror fans for we, sure we want slashers and then like nobody saw this fucking movie well i don't think it was marketed at all da i mean we barely me and you it came to carlsbad yeah but we checked our our theater and we're like holy shit we got Hellfest. the reason we were so surprised was there was no marketing so we just assumed we wouldn't even get it right and then it went to like two two thousand eight hundred theaters and i don't think anybody knew it existed I, um so i wouldn't blame everybody i really hope this finds a home audience. You crowd. think this will be a Scream Factory Blu-ray in like 20 no, years? No, no. I'm just saying when it comes out in Blu-ray in three months, I really hope people are like, oh, why did I sleep on this? I think it, I think it definitely will. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'll pick it up. I didn't like it that much. I'm going to pick it up. Well, you love Hellfest. I love Hellfest. We posited when we walked out of Hellfest that Eric was going to say after we left Halloween 2018, huh, I liked Hellfest more. Um, that so, it wasn't the case. So, so after we walked out of Hellfest, I went to take a piss. I'm washing my hands. He's taking a piss. And there was this thought bubble. I was like, is Hellfest my favorite movie of the year? <laughs> I've since then rethought that. Yeah. But that's how much I like Hellfest. The idea that you would think that in a year with like, I mean, Strangers Pray at Night's better, right? Let me check. Let you check? Yeah, I've got them all written down, G. Dude, Strangers Pray at Night's way better than Hellfest. Okay, I've got Strangers Pray at Night higher than Hellfest. And I'm assuming you don't have Annihilation on that. I don't have Annihilation on I mean, this. That's a better movie, obviously. Tweet us, please. Hereditary uh, is better than Hellfest. I have Hereditary above okay. Hellfest. Do you like Hellfest more than Suspiria 2018? Yes. Oh, no. Yes. No. Yes. God damn it. Because Hellfest was just 90 minutes of like fun slasherness i like hellfest 2018's all fucking heavy and shit and you want me to fucking think and shit meanwhile you have hereditary above it so hey you know yeah um no i like hellfest a lot it's it's fun there's a couple big gore sequences where all of us sort of like lit up because we're like whoa but then i guess like how i think i turned to you and like clapped or something you did but then halloween 2018 i'm this serious halloween 2018 came out like two weeks later and it had the violence, and I felt like it brought the violence way bigger than Hellfest. So I feel like it kind of exposed Hellfest. Like, there's some off-screen kills in Halloween. Yeah, but 2018. A, I mean, almost every kill in Hellfest is off-screen except for like two. I mean, they they don't show the gore except for two two kills. You gonna dispute that? On the next episode, I'm not, not going to dispute that because I don't remember that. Oh, okay. Favorite film of the year. Well, on the next episode of the Ghoul Squad podcast, we are going to do an in-depth discussion about Hellfest. Yes. Um, you got any more, Doug? Well, I just more. want to fire this one out. Okay. Fire Venom! Fire it out your butthole, Doug. Venom. Okay. I will fire Venom out there. You know what? I liked Venom. You know, I, I thought Venom was shit. Did you at least think it was fun shit? I did. Because I had a blast. I thought it was fun. I was laughing. I, I, I think it's not good. I'll never watch it again. I never want to see it again. But mm-hmm. Venom was fun. 
All right, that was Venom. Yeah, I have no reason to revisit Venom, duh. Okay, I thought it was your favorite movie of the year. Fuck you, duh! <laughs> okay, what's next, duh? Uh, I only have one thing left, so you, you do something here. Okay, uh, The First Purge. Oh, not, you know what? I haven't seen it yet. I really, really like uh, The First Purge. Good. So it's supposed to be like how The Purge you know, originated, and originally it's just going to be on Staten Island. It's just yeah. an experiment to see uh, how it goes. Uh, there's this fun twist as to like, why it happens. Okay. I thought that was pretty neat. It also kind of feels like some bullshit that could happen. Happen. Right. Exactly. Uh, I'm about to say the dumbest shit. I can't wait. I a shocker here. I watched the first purge and I thought I need to vote. Oh, okay, cool. The first purge motivated me to fill out the fucking perform so I could get a fucking mail in ballot. Oh, you did absentee. Yes. Nice. Because of the first purge. Um, so the first purge, uh, it ends with just like one dude all of a sudden turns into like Charles Bronson in like death wish four, where he's just taking out a bunch of fucking, oh, yeah, dudes you told me that. Yeah, yeah. by himself. It's amazing. It's just one dude killing a bunch of, bunch of Nazi fucks. Awesome. I loved it. First purge is great. I'm happy to hear that. I've been waiting to pick it up. I'm just going to VOD it. I um, strongly encourage it. The reason we never saw it was we never got it for it whatever the drive in. You know what? That it, didn't, it didn't come to the walk. in. That's here. a good example. We got Hellfest. We didn't get fucking the first purge in our shitty ass town. Yeah. So, um, no, I, I'm really excited to hear that you liked it because I want to see it. So that's exciting. I, I might pick it up on Black Friday. I love the idea of the purge. I mean, that's just some scary yeah. shit. I feel like the films have sort of not been that great for me. I, I I've li- never watched this, this, the TV series either. No, I don't think I'm going to. It doesn't look great. No. But um, I feel like these films should be like our favorite things ever. And for whatever reason, the purge is like not... I feel like it's not really a horror fan thing. It's more of a like mainstream thing and I'm not shitting on it in any way. I, I like, I feel like the first movie is the best and it's the least purgy and the more the, it's like motherfuckers who go to rent like Polter clown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, clowns are geist. Yeah. They're Polter clowns. A great idea though. They're, they're all about the purge. That should be the first school squad produced film. Polter clown. When we make movies. Correct. Never. I'll start writing it. Okay. Get on that. Okay. I have one thing left, and you've seen it as well. Okay. This is Sabrina, the first episode. Yes. So That's uh, as far as we've gotten. That's as far as we've gotten. And What do you think, though, about the first thoughts? I fucking love that fucking goat monster who comes out from under the tree. So I love the goat monster. Love the goat monster. Um, little concerned because I it didn't immediately catch me. Okay. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of a little spoiled on my TV lately. I've been watching a lot of in my opinion, like really good shit. And I was hoping that this would just with the satanic stuff would catch me. Um, the first episode doesn't have a lot of satanic stuff. So maybe that is coming, but it didn't grab me. I like the main character. I like the ants. I love the cat. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch more. I'm concerned. And I will update you on the next podcast. Eric, what did you think about the first episode? I'm on board after watching. That's good. Having said that, I haven't watched anymore. Right. But I was just like, I'm fucking into this. I like, I thought it did have enough satanic shit that got me um, excited. I mean, it had enough, but what I guess what I'm saying was because I wasn't caught by just the show itself, I thought maybe that the Satan imagery would carry it for me. And I don't feel like it did. And what about that opening animated sequence? That was dope as fuck. There's a lot of dope shit about this. It's very I think Halloween-y. It is. It, I guess it just concerns me that like, I don't know. It almost seems like a mix of Satan, but with Harry Potter, almost. I like Harvey. Harvey's cool. Harvey Dent. Harvey is Sabrina's uh, 
boyfriend. <laughs> I like how quietly you're saying um, it. Harvey, I, I think, Harvey is I think I'm already pro boyfriend. Harvey over because you know I'm just I'm over Archie. Yeah, I'm over Riverdale. Yeah. I quit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we've only seen the first episode. The point of this is to we'll update you on the next one. Um, a little concerned, but I think it looks cool. Yeah. Oh, except for that weird like blurry shit they're doing. What yeah, is with blurry that? shit's fucking dumb. I feel like they think maybe that's what teenagers like. Like you know how teenagers it's take like, it's like one thing will be in frame and then the rest of the picture is just blurry. Yeah, I feel like they think like okay, you know how when teenagers take pictures on Instagram, they add a bunch of filters and shit. That's what this feels like. Like oh, we got to make it, it for the for teens. Instagram kids. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I like the look of the show. You know, I like a lot about it. Uh, It gave me a little bit of a magic Harry Potter vibe, and that kind of bothered me. So we'll find out. Right, if they're like fucking casting spells with wands. That's exactly right. But Uh, what if she's casting spells with wands against the goat monster? I want like fucked up witch shit with goat monster. I hear you. I want upside down crosses. So we'll see. I love upside down crosses. My favorite thing. When when are we going to get to the point when we just have upside down crosses like actually in our like life? I feel like that should be the next Ghoul Squad logo. In between the Ghoul and the Squad should be an upside down cross. Jamie, get on it. Yeah. So, uh, that was the first episode of Sabrina. Eric, what's the, your next thing? I've got two things. Two things. Can I just close them out or do you got more? You know what, Doc? Uh, I, th- I, think, you know no. I think that about wraps it up, Doc. Wraps it up, Doc. Okay, I'll be quick then. Let's hear them. Well, and stay tuned. Our final thing on this episode is... Uh, Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. But we're oh, not there yet. Oh, I'm doing a Terror Tunes? Aren't you? I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> of course I got a Terror Tunes plan. Right. Have I ever gone an episode without a Terror Tunes? Yes. Before you started Terror Tunes. Okay, so. All right, so what's your thing? Tales from the Hood 2. Oh, yeah. Okay, so. Uh, Tales from the Hood is uh, it's an anthology film, just like the first one. Yes. Um, I, I was excited about it, but it looks low budget. It is, but it has that spirit and that heart of uh, the first one. Okay. Um, and this is, uh, it's a really, the wraparound segment is really cool. It's uh, Keith David. Okay. Help me out. Is that his name? From The Thing, from They Live. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So there's this fucking racist asshole who, <laughs> okay. uh, he's creating this robot uh, that has AI and he wants Keith David to tell it, the arbiter. He wants the fucking arbiter to tell it stories for it to learn. And so he, t- so these are the tells. Tweet us if you know who the arbiter is. It's Keith David. I know, but tweet us if you know who the arbiter is. Okay. So he's telling the stories to the robot and then... You know, and then that forms the robot consciousness. His consciousness okay, at okay. the end, right? Okay. I won't. I won't say uh, where that goes. Um, but it's like real, like uh, wacky shit. You know, there's like this, like uh, evil toy in the first one. Uh, there's this one where this these dudes um, they like seek out Instagram models so they can like rape them. But it turns out these uh, two girls are vampires. Okay, cool. Um, that sounds great. Yes, uh, I'm assuming they cause havoc when that occurs right awesome uh there's this terrific i won't say it okay um there's another one where this guy who claims to be able to speak to this guy who claims to be a medium gets possessed by a gangster so it's all like silly uh wacky shit okay and then the last one gets heavy as fuck it's about this dude who is haunted by ghosts of people who have uh either 
helped enact or died fighting for civil rights. Oh, wow. Okay. It's super fucking, it's really good. Yeah. But it's like, whoa, you just fucking tone shifted the fuck out of me. Okay. Uh, and then fortunately, the wraparound segment goes back to wacky. Okay. Um, I absolutely loved it. Nice. It's really It's fucking, on Netflix it's now, on too. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Um, so you don't have any excuse to? That's true. To Other watch. than time. Other than time to watch Tales from the Hood, too. <laughs> Definitely liked it a bunch. I got one other thing to mention. Okay. So I watched Trick or Treat. Yeah, watch Trick or Treat. Now, we're not going to really talk Trick or Treat, but okay. I had an epiphany. I thought of something watching Trick or Treat. Uh-oh. And I thought, you know what? And tell me, you're going to get say, what about this? And ruin my whole argument. Okay. I plan to. I think Trick or Treat, which of course is a classic. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay. I don't think it's just a great movie. I think it's one of the best movies. Okay. Um, Trick or Treat from 09 by Michael Doherty, I think might be the closest thing, the closest tone, the closest look that we'll ever get to Creepshow and Creepshow 2. I feel like it's a perfect... I've always kind of... I've never realized how comical trick-or-treat is. You know, I've always thought it was funny. But trick-or-treat just has such a fun but slightly mean-spirited but slightly, I mean, extremely tongue-in-cheek, mean-spirited humor to it. And rewatching it this time, I was like, man, this is the closest thing we'll probably ever get to, like, Creepshow and Creepshow 2. What do you think about how there's going to be a new TV series on So Shutter? that's ex- very exciting. You know, my concern is, you know, they're not going to shoot on film. And those two movies look so good. And hopefully they have enough money for it. My concern is the budget of those. We'll see. I'm excited. Uh, I rewatched the I rewatched Creepshow thanks to the new Scream Factory uh, Blue. And did it look like the most gorgeous thing you'd ever seen? You know, the thing about the new Creepshow Blu-ray was that um, it looked really good. No, uh, what I was going to say... I we're doing I, a nerd voice, by the way. Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, you're comparing Trick or Treat to Creepshow. Yeah. And I feel like what... What what stands out in Creepshow to me, uh, specifically to Trick or Treat, is just like how it's all like affluent characters. Yeah. In in Creepshow, you know, it's like these people of high society. Yeah. And then they're just like wrapped up in like the most insane idea ever, uh, with the exception of. Um, I think it's the EC Comics vibe. Right. Not not that they're comics, but it's the EC Comics vibe of like that sort of madcap, tongue in cheek pretty mean-spirited but jokey right like tone that i think is extremely hard to nail and a lot of times doesn't work and i think in cream creep show and creep show too are perfect right and i feel like trick-or-treat is the closest thing we've gotten to that hmm. um which is the highest compliments from me this is the highest compliments but uh yeah i mean how did it look i mean i'm assuming it looked amazing oh yeah it sounds great too I need to get it, but it's fucking $35 on it's Amazon. fucking stupid. What did you pay for it? 31 <sighs> That's not that bad, but that's terrible. Scream Factory, we love you. But what the hell is going I on watched, with your prices? I watched the new Night of the Demons Blue last night. What would you think? Um, I had a new scan, right? Of the scan or of the film? All. Uh, Eric, movie, Eric, I want it all. Movie, I want it all. That movie. I want it all. That movie's a lot of fucking fun. And you know what I kept thinking of? What you kept while thinking I was of? watching? What did you kept thinking of? What if there was a Night of the Demons and Return of the Living Dead crossover? To wow. have like those punk kids, Dan O'Bannon and Kevin Tenney. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Can you no. imagine Stooge and fucking what's his name? Trash. What about a three-way crossover? 
you know, because okay. we like three ways here on this podcast. Keep going. Um, a three-way crossover between Night of the Demons, okay. Return of the Living Dead, okay. and Slaughter High. Those kids. I don't really get the punk vibe from the Slaughterhouse kids. Slaughter High kids. I just like their mean-spiritedness. I'm with you. That's it on Night of the Demons? That's it on Night of the Demons. How did it look? Great. Awesome. What else? That's it? On Night of the Demons? Yes. On everything. Are you? Uh, what else we got oh, left no, here? I, I got one more I'd like to discuss. Okay. And, Aaron, I, and Aaron, I saved this one for Aaron, last. Got one more he'd like to discuss. And I saved this one last because... <laughs> uh, We're so somber on the ending of this podcast. I watched this movie a long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. And I don't fucking remember. Okay. <laughs> okay, uh, go ahead. Let's do it. Uh, absurd. This is a new film yes. uh, from Severin. That, yes. Uh, I remember I read the back, which said it borrows very heavily from Halloween. And uh, I was super excited about it. I remember I took a picture of that. I texted you and I was like, dude, this is like a gory Halloween ripoff, right? Um, and that was the reason why I bought it was because of... Severin's hype? Of, of gore. Okay. Right? Uh, this is a, G- a Joe D'Amato film. This is the film that he uh, followed up uh, Anthropopagus with. Uh, Anthropopagus is a s- film that stars uh, George Eastman about a group of kids that go to this island and there is a cannibal uh, on the island. As there to, usually is. Trying to kill the kids. I have a story to tell about uh, Anthropopagus. Uh, this was about maybe ninth or 10th grade. Uh, there was a Shriek Show DVD. Okay. For, at Hastings? At Hastings for Anthropopagus. A rental copy. <laughs> So I wa- so I rented Anthropophagus and I was yep. like and I was like man this movie's really fucking good. Um, I've got two stories to tell about Anthropophagus now. Okay, this is the first one. This is Easy's time with Anthropophagus. Yes. So so I watched Anthropophagus for the first time. I rented it from Hastings. It's the Shriek Show DVD. It's two discs. First film. I mean, excuse me. The first disc is the film. The second disc is the supplemental features. Right. And I was like, I want this. So here's what E Dog did, Doc. E Dog said, "I want it all." I made. I want it I made all. a. I made a fucking copy of the cover art. I took out the real art. I kept the first disc, and whenever I returned it, I put in the copied art and just the second disc. And that is how I got me a copy of. Do you still Ant- have it? I still fucking have it. We should post a picture of it. I still. I still have a fucking wow. copy that I stole from Hastings of Anthropopagus. Hastings, don't sue us. Second story about Hastings is bankrupt. Go ahead. Where we were discussing marathons earlier, right? Yes. Me and two of my best friends ever, Andrew Costanieta and Sinjin Leva. Not me. They'll never fucking hear this. No. Yep. We had this idea of like, what if we... I remember this story. You've told me this over the years. What if we decide to have a triple feature? And here's what we'll do. We'll each pick a film. Now, I would like to present, we should do this again. Now... I wasn't there for that. No. But this this is a real thing. This marathon we just did uh-huh. inspired me, but I don't think I know anybody that would do it. Right. But I think you might. So here, so here's what I did with Sinjin and Andrew. Okay. We decided we each pick a film, and then we'd watch it. And then I think we, like, fucking drew straws or something as to which order we would watch the movies. And I fucking picked the shortest straw... And we went last. Okay. So I pop on Anthro fucking Papagus, da. What time is it at this point? Da. And like Sinjin picked like Roach Perdition. Oh my and God. I, and I can't even fucking remember what Andrew picked, by the way. But, and like, Andrew picked Schindler's List. <laughs> and fucking, we're in Andrew's fucking house. He's just but, fucking smoking cigarettes. It's fucking late as fuck. 
we're all just fucking miserable at this point. We get like 10 minutes into Anthropopagus and everyone's like, fuck this. Damn. And we don't watch it. Well, my proposition to do okay. it would be like you and I pick like three or four films. And Each. No. Oh. Together. Okay. On, like, so we're, so we're in agreement. Okay. And we started at like 4 p.m. or whatever. Something reasonable. And we just do it. And we put our phones away best we can. But so I think what, I'd be better with a double feature. What, see, this is piece. my problem. Why can't we Why? recreate? It, it's a one day of the whole y- your lifetime thing, and for whatever reason, we'll never be able to do it. Like it was like special at the Alamo, and if you just want to sit here in my front room and watch four fucking movies, I couldn't hang. I would think of so many better things to do. That's sad, Eric. Please go ahead with your Anthropopagus. Oh, okay. So uh, actually, it was absurd. It was so Severin. Uh, they put out both of these films together. Yes, uh, and I just picked up Absurd because that's the story I've just told. I ha- I have Anthropopagus. I feel like you're on a Severin kick. Uh, yeah, but they're putting out like that Monster Island shit now, and I don't yeah. know what the fuck that is. I don't know either. I just or, or like jealous. that Monster Beach. Yep. I don't even know what the party fuck that at shit Monster is. Beach. Yeah. You know, I really want that Zombie Three Blu-ray, and I just haven't bought it yet. Uh, so Absurd is. Uh, Joe Diamato film. I was sold that it was going to be a gory slasher, right? Yes. And it wasn't gory at all, but it ended up just being a solid fucking slasher. So Really? It, it wasn't what I wanted, but it still met my uh, expectations. Uh, it's about this motherfucker played by Joe Diamato. Uh, he has a healing factory. Factory. He's a what? A healing factor. Okay. Not a factory. Not a factory. Oh, I... I'm not kidding. When you said that, I pictured like this big factory that heals people. No, I'm, I fucked up. Okay. Healing factor. Okay. He's this, this motherfucker's Wolverine. Got it. Okay. He goes to this house and he's being pursued by a man played by the guy who played the Dean in pieces. Edmund Purdom. Maybe. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure. Edmund Purdom. This, there's this fence that surrounds the house, right? And there's these huge spikes. And whenever he's trying to jump the fence, he rips open his stomach. He makes it to the front door. He's pounding on the front door. This young kid answers. And when he does, his guts are just spilling out. Well, Edmund catches up with them by this point, takes them away. And you see where his stomach heals itself. Oh, okay. Okay. So he escapes from the lab where Edmund has him again. And he wants to get back to that house. And he's just killing motherfuckers off on the way. That sounds dope as fuck. It was dope as fuck. I mean, it's really good. It's a good slasher. Mm, I don't like the way you put that. So it is good as fuck or it's a good slasher? It's a good slasher. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Where would you rank it? You know, is it better than Slaughter High? Well, I've only seen it once. And uh, what turned me off the most was I like my slashers to have character. Yeah, that helps. I like to have a mask. I like to have a zany weapon of choice maybe. Yeah. And George Eastman is just like a really fucking ugly, tall Italian dude. Okay. Speaking of Italian dudes, they're ugly. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I was going to ask you, are you going to pick up that zombie 4K scan? I'm not. I'm going to sleep on it. Are you going to pick up that Maniac? I've got that pre-ordered. Okay. Why do you have that pre-ordered but not zombie? Uh, Because I already own zombie on Blu-ray. Same here. I do not own Maniac. Same here. On blue. I don't know if it's ever been. Has it ever been released on blue? No. Yes, yes. It has? Yes. Okay, so Maniac I Maniac has DVD. been on blue, yes. 
And my biggest motivation is uh, to show it to Melissa. Hmm. And I'd like to do so in the current latest format. Best way possible. Yes. Yeah, it sucks because, you know, if I had to pick between the two, both being equal, all things equal, mm-hmm. I would pick the zombie 4K scan. Really? Over Maniac. But the problem is I own Zombie on Blu-ray. That I own the Blue Underground Blu-ray, so and I don't own Maniac. I really want to read that Ebon, Ebon Press comic shit. Oh, yeah. Like, right now, it's like, the New York Ripper versus Maniac. The fuck? Yeah, and there's and there's like a zombie storyline where I saw where like there was a zombie and a gorilla fight. Okay. And like I wish so much I could read that. And I guess I could easily just like order that shit. You used to read comics. I, yeah, I, I wish it was a bit more obtainable. You know what we should start on this podcast? Tell me, Doc. While we drag on the end here before the uh, ultimate part of the podcast, which is uh, Eric Coffin's Tune. Eric Coffin's Tune. We should start another segment, but I feel like it'd become the the E-Dog podcast, and, and maybe it already is. called the Eric Cockhead Tunes. Uh, um, and that is, you know, maybe Eric's, you know, toy corner. Toy And corner. I mean sex toys. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> How would I do that? Because, I mean, this is a an audio presentation. You're right. But, I mean, you could describe it and talk. Like, the point is you would talk about your latest toy that you purchased. There's you know, like 18 a, points of articulation on this figure. This vibrator <laughs> has 18 <laughs> points of articulation. No, but I think it might be fun. I mean, you like toys so much. You know, Eric yeah. Eric collects some great fucking horror toys, especially too. So, as well as Halo toys, including the Arbiter, Keith David. Keith David. So is that it? That's it. That's all we got. Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. You're gonna sing it? Nope. Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. No, no, I've already done. Eric like Coffin's Terror Tunes. Fuck you, Eric. Fuck you. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. This Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Is dedicated to you. Me personally? You, Keegan Preslak, Keggy, you're getting an Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes dedicated to. Would okay. you like to know why? No. Because I fucking did it, da. I found a horror band that wrote a song about Joss. Really? I did it. Uh, I recently discovered this band called Ice Nine Kills. Oh, I know Ice Nine Kills. I bought their CD from... Is this the band? The Silver Scream? Nope. The Burning. Are they always horror-themed, or is yeah. it just their latest album? Yeah, so it's funny. Sorry to interrupt. Um, no, go ahead. This is great. This makes sense. So I'm I went, dedicating this one to you, Doc. So I went to um, Warp Tour for the first time in 2005, mm-hmm. and I was there. And in line at Warp Tour, if you've ever been... Motherfuckers try to sell you their shit. Motherfuckers try to sell you CDs. Well, this guy walks up to me and says, hey, you should listen to our band. And I said, what is it? Was it the singer? Yeah. Really? And they said, but this is in 05. I'm like a kid. Right. And they're like, oh, this is we're, great. We're called Ice Nine Kills. Uh-huh. And we've got this album. They pulled it out. It was a nice CD. I think it was of a house burning or something. And it said The Burning. Okay. And I was like, well, let me check it out. They had a CD player. And like, you put on somebody else's headphones. I put on somebody else's headphones. Eric's worst nightmare. <laughs> it's happened to me before. I've done <laughs> and, it. And uh, I put them on. Okay. And I thought, man, this sounds really good. I bought the CD from them. Nice. How and, much? Uh, I think it was like five bucks. Okay. And... I haven't followed I Sign Kill since. Okay. I've always known them from that 05 Warp Tour. I bought it. I own that CD. Uh, I listened to it quite a bit at that time. They never became one of my favorite bands. So, yes, I Sign Kills. Okay, well, fast forward. And they had a CD called The Burning, which is one of the best slashers ever made. So, fast fucking forward a decade over, a decade more. Uh, last month, on October 5th, they put out a movie, uh, an album called The Silver Scream. Mm-hmm. And there's this horror punk website I read. 
they were talking about it. So I picked it up. What is your horror punk website called? The Dead House. The Dead House. Dot um, com? It might be dot net. Ooh, I don't like that. Dot uh, uh, <laughs> gov. Why? What's wrong with the dot net? Dot XXX. Huh? I just dot net's lame. Okay. Uh, anyways, this is not EDOC style of music at fucking all. Okay. This music is like, I feel like this is what you would hear on like 107.1 The Nerve. It's very radio friendly metal. I'm sure a lot of people out there get that joke. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but as I've said on previous, uh, so your recommendation to me was a band I already listened to. Well, they had a song about Joss. Okay. I have not heard I, that. No, I didn't know that. You know, I didn't fucking know you fucking met him before. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So again, this, this it's very radio friendly, uh, metal in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, but as I've said before on previous terror tunes, the easiest way to my horror punk heart is simply write a song about a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what uh, their latest album is, The Silver Scream. And I was like looking at their previous uh, albums and I feel like they're not like a horror band. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like, I think for this record, they did. So I don't think they're like, you know, 100% horror music. Centric. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Perfect. I think they do do some horror stuff. Yeah. Um, Ice Nine Kills is who we're talking about. Ice Nine Kills, yes. So on the album, you know, they have songs about, it almost feels like a greatest hits of horror films. They have a song about Friday the 13th. Yep. Uh, The Burning. They have a song about... uh, I think it's called Cropsy. Well, I'm I'm talking about this new album. Okay. You keep talking. I'll I'll tell you the album that I own. It's on my phone right now. It's so funny you're bringing this up. Go ahead. Um, uh, Like I said, they have a song about Friday the 13th. They have a song about Halloween. They have a song about TCM. They have a song about The Shining. They have a song about It. Uh, my favorite track uh, on the album is called The Jig Is Up, and it's a song about Saw. Um, Saw? It, Saw. So anyways, but the song uh, I want to uh, have played here uh, is about Jaws, uh, and it's called Rocking the Boat. Where they even manage... Oh, one thing that I like about Ice Ice Nine Kills is I feel like if the movie that they're singing about has like a notable score, like I feel like they try to like work that in. Weave into, it in, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like the breakdown for this song about Saw, it's like it sounds like music from the film. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. Um, I have a correction. Okay. So The Burning was released in 07. Okay. Now... They may have given it to us early, so it had to be either Warp Tour 06 or 07. I don't remember because I've been I went to a Warp Tour for 12, 13 years in a row since 05. So, anyways, I think it was 07. Mm. That was my idea. It wasn't my first Warp Tour, just a correction. Right. But yes, I mean it did happen. It was the we- weirdest thing ever because then a couple years later they were like really big. It's one of the only times yeah, ever. Like, uh, so I bought this album on iTunes <clears throat> and it surprised me that it had like 200 plus like reviews yeah, for it. Yeah, they're a big band. Yeah. 
So like I was saying, it's cool that they try to like work in like the film score into their music. And specifically with this Jaws song, Rockin' a Boat, you can find the lines, uh, we're going to need a bigger boat and smile, you son of a bitch, in the lyrics. Nice. Yeah, and so. it's you're going to need a bigger boat. What do they say in the song? We're going to need a bigger boat. It's your. Well, you, your, your mama. It's one of those things that people uh, misremember. Um, Ice Nine Kills. Not my style of music, but if you're singing about horror films, I'll probably be there for it. I know you were described it but why did you look into them just from seeing it on the website what 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 was it again that made you listen to ice nine kills i kind of just check out whatever this oh whatever they tell you recommends right that's awesome uh, i don't think i will uh seek out their uh rest of their film uh, musicography um albumography discography discography yeah but uh, yeah, uh, you know, if you already kind of like them, yeah, I definitely then like you it. might be into this new shit as well, especially if the song is about fucking Jaws. Yes. Yeah. So that is it. That's Ice Nine Kills. That is Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Fuck you, Eric. Fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, I think that's it. That's it. Finally, this fucking of the terrible ass, slow ass, draggy ass podcast. We had a lot of films to talk about, Ida, but. Uh, Thank you so much out there for listening to this episode of the podcast. We hope we didn't disappoint you with this one. Let me get a smile. Uh, here's a smile hole. Uh, we hope that you... <laughs> Eric is taking a picture of me. Let's drag on here at the end. No, Eric. let's. We dragged enough, G. No, let's drag on for the rest of eternity. Um, you know, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we are going to be back on our next episode with uh, our screen ranking. And I'm sure plenty of other films, one of which should be Overlord, which is exciting. Going tomorrow in the afternoon. Going tomorrow, which exposes when we recorded this. Um, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. What do you work tomorrow? What do I work tomorrow? Oh, I'm going. I think I'm going to go at four. Oh, okay. I heard you were going at one. Yes, we're going. Yeah. We're going to go to lunch and then go to one fifty-five. Oh fuck you, Eric. And with that, uh, thank you so much, everybody out there for listening. Um, we really, seriously do appreciate it, and uh, we both apologize for not having episodes out sooner. But this is the only way we know how to do it. Is that right, Eric? That's correct. And here at the end of this podcast, uh, I also want to mention uh, we do have a new T-shirt. Now, he, I was all ready to, to promote this shirt. I'm wearing it right now. Eric, what do you think? I like it a lot. I'm a big fan of, this, of the just the small, Pocket font. Yeah. Um, it was designed by Jameson Lucas at Open Minds Awake. Go check him out. Um, and we love the shirt. So Jamie did a great job. Um, but the problem is, is that we did it because the place we do our t-shirts at is tpublic.com. Uh, they started a beta product where you can do printing on the front and back of t-shirts. Now, to, in order to not make this boring, I'll flash forward. You know, my shirt came in and it was only printed on the front. So my concern with promoting it is that your shirt might come in without back print. Now, uh, I sent an email to tpublic and they sent me a new one free of charge and I got to keep the old one. So, I mean, they're great. You know, they're a great company. We love Tee Public. But now this new one he got might be like fucked up. There's this like weird like cum stain on it or something. <clears throat> uh, yeah, Eric. Yeah, <laughs> That's this, how like, I would describe it. There's this like weird like drizzle stain on I it. I think they printed it on like a misprint shirt. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on. But the point is, uh, I was so excited to promote this new t-shirt. But they're forgetting to do the back print. So uh, buyer beware. If you buy it, you know, they will get you the correct one. But you may have to email them when it comes in without back print. Uh, that is at uh, bit.ly slash GS new shirt. Uh, we love it. And we love the design. The shirt that I have is great. It just took me like a month to get it. So um, that's cool. Eric, where can you find us on the internet? You can find us uh, on Facebook, 
Twitter, Instagram, at Ghoul Squad FM. That's right. And I think with that, we have finally reached the end. The last time I'll say it on this episode. Thank you for listening, Eric. Yep. Thank you. And uh, we'll be back with our Scream entire franchise ranking. Yep. All four films. Are we going to include the TV show? I wasn't planning on it. We should talk about the TV show, but we don't have to. We should talk about it. All right. Fuck you, Eric. All right. Bye-bye. Goodbye. We'll see you later. And ghouls, you back off? Ghouls, you back off. Oh, you can't stop, 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 oh, you can't stop,